Brand new podcast, everybody, and this is a Biggs one. A Biggs one? Yeah, Jason Biggs. I'm really uh-huh. excited. I share with him a story that he did not know. Um, about himself? Uh, no, about I watched that I, I watched that Will Smith saw uh, his movie. Oh. Yeah, and he was like, wait, you watched that movie with Will Smith? I was like, yeah, it's actually a great podcast. It's one of the better ones I've ever done because I listen very well. By the way, don't get used to that. Uh, I'm a horrible podcast host in the man cave with me right now. And by the way, uh, this is one of my three, four, maybe three podcasts. Uh, there's a new Bill Bird out and a new uh, Two Bears, One Cave out. Go check them out. Um, I'm in the man cave with my favorite daughter. My One of my top two favorite daughters. <laughs> Wait, who's the first? It's either you or Georgia. It, it goes back and forth. Uh, Last night it was you, definitely. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and my lovely wife, who is, looks amazing. How much, does mom look like she's in better shape, Isla? Yeah, she's been drinking a lot of water. She's been drinking a lot yeah. of water. I am the water champ. By the way, um, we, uh, I just drew a blank. Did you? You're yeah. crying. I'm line. so tired. I'm so fucking tired. Uh, I'm way more tired. I'm way more tired. I Isla, who's so more tired, tired? Me or mom? It's mom. Uh, me. I'm losing I, my voice. I'm so mom, tired. Mom, ta 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 ta. That's the noise I, I have to make when I, I work out. Ta 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 ta. Why? Ta 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 ta. Because he comes in and slithers and like a snake. You make sure you're breathing right. Actually, I don't make that noise. Cat does. It's so funny. Uh, my my in my spin class, every now and then they'll go breathe, and I'll go. Oh, that's right. I haven't been breathing. I think sometimes I hold my breath when I run. You think? I, yeah. You also hold your breath when you get a massage. I, and I when you, you and when you air, I've given you a massage, and I have to go breathe, and you go. And dad, when you air eat, you air eat with not breathing. Describe air eating, Isla. Ghost eating. Yeah, Ghost it's eating. like you're eating. It's like you're biting in. Set the scene. When do I ghost eat the most? Um, so like when we're at dinner and you're you have a salad and everyone else has like pasta, you just go like, I like bite into the air as if yeah. I I bite along with people. If I make you something, like if I make you a quesadilla and I mm-hmm. give it to you, your first bite, I bite along with you. Yeah, I yeah, go, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what else I used to do that in? You get ready to get freaked out. I used to do that if I saw people kissing on screen, I'd air kiss with them. That's creepy and lonely, I did Dad. that with Papa one time. He was watching a movie with me, and he was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And I was like, huh? What? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you, we weren't all kissing. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, Birdie Boy World Tour this week is in Evansville, Indiana, Indianapolis, and Louisville. I think those shows are all but sold out. Uh, there will Here's the deal. We do release tickets. Um day of we'll drop we'll release some tickets that we didn't have to hold on to oh god my brain is fucking air that didn't make sense we you you're gonna release some tickets we release tickets day of there's like a handful of tickets that we hold on to in case we need them say someone's uh father-in-law comes to a show in atlanta and i hold tickets for him because he calls me at the last minute yeah 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 um beacon theater two shows uh get your tickets those the second show has a few available tickets. Dar Constitution Hall in D.C. There's some tickets left on the second show. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's a great tour. All new material. It's been a blast. I would love for the girls to come on the road with me, but they don't love me enough, I guess. True. Or maybe Very true. mom won't let us skip school. Maybe I'll let you skip it. school. I would gladly skip school. Nope. Every day. Nope. You think you could live on the tour bus? 
Dad. Yes, she could totally live on there the tour bus. There are yogurt-covered Skittles on the tour bus. <laughs> what? There's no such thing as a yogurt-covered Skittle. Oh. Shit. How many bags of yogurt-covered Skittles were there, Isla? There's like 10, Mom. What? I saw. I found Who them at a gas station. Of such a thing? I found them at a gas station in the middle of the country. I was like, wait, yogurt-covered Skittles? I go, I know someone who would love these. Cut to the other day. We're in the tour bus. Isla's in the tour bus. The tour bus was here in L.A. with us. I listen to the tour bus and I hear her little voice. It matched up perfectly with the way I had wanted this joke to go down. She goes, yogurt covered Skittles. And I go, Isla, I got them for you. She goes, they got to be gross, right? And I said, try them. How good are they, Isla? Oh, God, they're amazing. Like, yeah. like you know, when you, it's like how you lick a did your, I'm pop? sorry, did your mouth just water and you had to swallow? <laughs> Me? She, her, she goes, she goes, you know, it's like, <laughs> do you know how when you... <laughs> okay. How'd they figure out how to put I mean, how'd they figure out that'd be good? Do you Mom. think someone dropped a Skittle in some yogurt? No, and I think that it? people go, you know, yogurt covered raisins are great. Raisins suck. How about a Raisins we... do not suck. They raisins are suck. Oh my God. No my favorite raisins. cookie is oatmeal raisin. Oh, it, I love it, raisins. Yeah, dance it up, dress it up in a cookie, maybe, but come on. I love raisins. Oh. I eat raisins if they didn't have so much sugar. Oh, that's the sugar. part you're complaining about? Yeah. Not the fact that they taste like old people's feet? <laughs> yeah. Not. Oh, my I wouldn't know. Too. I don't suck on old people's feet. Oh, uh, my God. Island, I found our new favorite show. What's I have, like, this weird finger thing. No, you are uh, out of your fucking mind. And then I have a hammer toe on my... You don't have a hammer toe. You know what? I we watch, we watch this show. My feet are killing me. And inevitably, within five minutes into that show, Isla has come down with the exact same foot problem they have. I wonder where she learned that behavior. It's amazing to watch. Like, she literally will be watching TV, and then all of a sudden, she's staring at her feet going, Really? Uh -oh, uh -oh. I'm so shocked. No, I think Pot I do. calling kettle black. I think I do have a hammer toe, because I walk on my nail. You don't have a hammer toe. Because, like... Let me see it, your toe. Let me see your toe. I don't want to take my socks it's off. It's because you put your socks on too tight, and it curls your toe under. Wait, no. do you really have a hammer toe? No, she doesn't have a hammer toe. And then my toe. other toe goes like this. She has a forced hammer toe. She has geisha toe. She has toe. hammer toe? She has geisha toe. Geisha toe. That's yeah, when you, you know bind when your bind feet. The feet. I do Isla, that. why do you put your socks so tight? I don't put my socks tight. It's my shoes, Dad. Bull It's shit. both, and it's Your socks processing. are so tight that the heel is where the cap is. <laughs> Isla, let, let me see your hammer toe. Take your sock off. No, I have Take a Take your sock feet. off. No. She doesn't have a hammer toe. Yes, I do. I have a hammer time. <laughs> Can't touch this. Mom does that at six o'clock every night. I turned it off last night because no one listens to it. What? Uh, I set a timer on everybody's phone at six o'clock so they could stop what they were doing and do their oh, chores. Oh, that's And wrong. do their chores and no one ever does them. So why am I listening to hammer time? When, you, wait, you have a hammer toe too? Hammer time is the- it's it's Macho Man, but I, we call it Hammer Time. Whatever. I'm got to be a macho man. A macho man. Macho, macho man. Sing it, sister. I've got to be a macho Oh, God. This has gone totally off the rails. All right, guys. Let's start this podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Kamikoto. Kamikoto makes great kitchen knives using traditional techniques. And they just launched their longest blade in their collection, an epic 13-inch Yanagiba knife. Each knife comes in a beautiful, heavy-duty ash wood box, and they use steel sourced from Japan. Each blade is crafted using techniques that have been honed and perfected by generation of knifesmiths from Japan. That I feel like that is where knives came from in the first place. Because of their single 
bevel edge kamikoto knives can achieve a wickedly sharp edge you just can't get with other knives they're ridiculously sharp like cut through your ribeye like butter sharp i absolutely love these knives when i got them the box was so big i went there's no way this is one knife and then you whip it out and everyone and i literally mean whip it out a 13 inch knife you pull it out i cut up a prime rib with this knife i've never had more fun cutting up a prime rib in my entire knife they're gorgeous their handles are great and they even give you a whetstone to sharpen the blade kamikoto knives are used by several chefs that work at michelin star restaurants and they make a great gift especially because this wood box that the knives are in is so beautiful and like i said you can maintain the edge of your blades with one of kamikoto's sharpening whetstones kamikoto is so confident about their knives that each knife comes with a lifetime guarantee if you go ahead and buy now kamikoto is offering our listeners an extra 25 percent off site-wide on top of their other discounts go to kamikoto.com and use the offer code birdcast kamikoto.com Slash Burtcast. That's K A M I K O T O dot com slash Burtcast. Uh, it's a great podcast today. Uh, today's guest is Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs is married to Jenny Molin. We talk about Jenny real quick at the beginning. Uh, Jenny is an absolutely hilarious author. Her Twitter is insanely funny. She's an actress. She's really cool. And my, just to make everything clear so that you are caught up to speed, if I don't make things clear, Jenny's sister, Sam, is best friends with my sister, Cotty. That's right. So that is how I know Jason and Jenny. So when I say to Jason at the beginning, your wife was sitting at that table rolling cigars and you're like, wait, what the fuck? She came to my 40th birthday. Jason was shooting something. I think Orange is the New Black at the time. And so Jenny came with Sam and Duran. Her husband yeah so that's just to make everything clear all right clear um it's a great podcast it really is we talk about uh we talk a lot about his class in hollywood you know we do that a lot with comedians is like who's your class and you know uh my class was like dimitri martin kevin hart was my class big j is a class below me i think but only because i was already at, at the clubs when he like then him and kevin showed up kevin got in really quickly but that's how we figure out classes it's like who the guys you started with open mic scenes and and who the guys that you're doing clubs with. Jason talks about his class and it's really fascinating. Uh, it's the Dawson Creek kids. It's uh, it's it's a great it's Seth Green. It's a great great conversation. It's a great podcast. I'm not my gonna feet smell. My feet don't smell. My feet smell. Yeah, like hammers. Um, so let's cut to the chase, guys. Birdie Boy World Tour this weekend: Indianapolis, Evansville, and Louisville. Uh, I will see you on the road the following week, and I can't remember. Anyway, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Today's guest, Jason Biggs. This is I, told, I basically pretty much told everyone where I live. Come on. Nonstop. Nonsense. I couldn't even help myself. I would like, I would, I, I mean, not, just short of putting, I said the name of my street in my special. <laughs> I said the name of my street. I then, in doing the podcast, people would say stuff and I go, oh yeah, no, go I to lived, this lived, place lived, yeah. or this place. The, and so people were like, people would just hit me up and be like, yo, I know exactly where you live, man. Yeah. And so, and I, I, I'm very, my career has been extremely different than yours is that you got it 
such a big splash of it that you went, all right, I'm going, I'm going dark mode. Right. Like, yeah, I got to go dark. mode. I That's knew immediately way. I had to go dark. See, I, I dark mode showed up like dark mode showed up like 20 years in. Yeah. And then you were all of a sudden it was like stalkers and, and I was like, oh, I got to be a little more careful. Yeah. My kids have said no. Have kids, man. My kids said no Instagramming at the new house. Yeah. So I don't want to buy another house. Yeah. <laughs> How old are your kids now? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 15 and 13. Boys? Girls? girls. Both girls. Both yeah. girls. Yeah, you got two boys, right? Two boys, yeah. Younger, though. What's it like t- teenage, dude, and girl, teenage girls? Is it as awful as they say? Yeah. It's, no, it's not as bad. I mean, my, it's great. My kids are dorks a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like, good. They're that's like good. nerds. So, like, they're, we get into, like, we can get into stuff together, like the Umbrella Academy we're really into. Uh-huh. Um, and and like they they still like theme parks, so, right. so like they're and they like comic books and they're like Georgia went to her first social like uh, formal, uh-huh. she, and I was on the bus and she I called and she said uh, I said I was last night and she goes Dad I partied so hard I was like really and she goes Have you ever heard of a mosh pit I was like <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing Did you think you'd have kids Yeah really Yeah but I thought I'd have girls two boys yeah so far over are you done front i don't know man i it's strong likelihood yeah um but it's but it's possible i mean look if it were up to me i'd i'd i i I mean we both vacillate and we're kind of never on the same page we're always she's like maybe we should and that's the one moment that i'm like you know Mm-hmm. let's way to be but usually it's come on let's do it i'm the one saying come on let's do it and she's like ah so i don't know we go back and forth but i um i mean look we're psyched my boys are awesome i'm very happy very blessed etc cetera, etc cetera. but i always pictured having a girl i are grew you, up with two sisters yeah. in a very matriarchal household i i did not expect i when i even from the time i was a kid uh, you know i just always whenever i pictured myself as a parent it was always to a girl and so when I the for the phone call when that we got when the doctor was like it's a boy I was like you're it's not real check it again dude <laughs> I didn't believe it. I was I was, I was the same way but with a girl yeah I was like I'll never have girls what am I gonna fucking say to a girl that's that's how I was the, yeah I did not I just and I was like I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do with that what do I do with boy I mean like look I'm I definitely you know like I like sports I like you know I can hang I'm you know. I, whatever I you're can, like a legit theater I guy though be a dude but you're i'm a, a legit theater, theater guy. guy yeah man i'm a i'm a theater guy that's like, what i think I, people a, forget is like you are legit like not just legit in your adult age but like you were acting before american pie way before as fun at that point i'd already been acting for 15 years started in 83 in new york really 1983 yeah man i've had an agent for 37 years almost is that crazy holy god i've i've had a have had an agent since for 37 years the same one no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah man isn't that crazy but but yes dude so i'm like you know i danced and took ballet as a kid for real like yeah and i'm like you know and i love theater and uh what was the thing what was the thing that got not that that again not i'm being very sort of no 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 but what was the thing that got you into it because I liked acting in fifth grade. I was in a play. I played Nana in Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And I stole the show because I just was like, I did something. I heard him laugh. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking, the I'm dog's going to be all over this. Yep. yep. <laughs> but I mean, it's a drug, dude. Right? When you hear that audience oof. and you get that feedback for the first time. I mean, you as a stand-up know it better than anyone. I mean, I 
I love it. I, I would be, I mean, stand up is, would be a perfect drug for me. I mean, I can't do it cause I can't write my shit, but, but, but boy, that would, that's, I crave that man, that feedback. Really? Like, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love doing the show I'm doing now. I'm, I'm digressing, but, uh, what did I, what was the thing that got me in? Uh, well, I first did, com I was first doing like commercials and, and voiceovers and like modeling, you know, like I was, a, yeah. I was in like the kids clothing catalog, you know, wearing the sweater and the thing and, uh, or doing like little modeling shows and stuff like that in New York. And then, and then I guess the first, my first big thing was a play that I did when I was 11 or 12. So at that point, I'd already been doing it for like six years. And I was just doing, commercials was my big, that was my big thing. I was like doing commercials, left and right, man. Cheerios, Crest, uh, you know, Campbell's Soup. But what was that, where was that money going? Uh, all being socked away for college. That's, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and your it parents was. were like regular people. The reg then, yeah, they're just they're still in the same house I grew up in in New Jersey, Bergen County, middle class. Um, you know, work. You know, bl blue ish collar. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, that was that was my life. And they just sort of they, you know, my older. So what happened was my older sister, who's six years, six and a half years, my senior. When she was younger, she was in this dance group in New Jersey and she was very good and the group was good and they would travel around and they, you know, they, they, uh, they got some, you know, recognition and stuff. And a lot of the girls, it was Jersey based and we literally grew up eight miles from, from Manhattan. So a lot of the girls, their mom started taking them into the city, try to get agents and managers and do the acting thing. And my mom and Heather, my sister wanted to do that. And my mom thought, Hey, you know what? The, if she works, then we could put the money away for college. Cause at that point they had three kids. They were like, you know. And uh, so that's what happened. She started working and then I came along and, and I guess the story goes when I was five, her manager said, what about Jason? Would he want to, you know, I have some auditions if he wants to go out. And uh, my mom, oh. you know, I, I was in, I was like, you know, I never remember saying, you know, being like, I never remember being forced into it, but I also never remember saying, you know, I always liked it. I just always loved it. And so um, I started doing commercials for like, five years straight, just, just doing a lot of commercials. And then, yeah. And then I did this play, um, in 1990, 1991 called conversations with my father, which, um, with, with, Judd uh, Hirsch, Judd Hirsch, Judd Hirsch, Tony Shalhoub, Whoa. uh, David Crumholtz. Who's David Crumholtz? So Dave was on, um, uh, he's been in a, yeah, you would recognize him. Uh, he, he was on that show. Um, uh, numbers, with Rob Morrow for years on CBS. Oh, oh, I know who that guy is. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm Googling him. I think I know exactly who he is. Yeah, and he's super funny. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, he was in like, a as a kid, after he did the play, he did Adam's Family and uh, he did a bunch of shit, but he he's great. You see him yet? Yeah, I know who that guy is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was a cool cast. And then we, we did it in Seattle. I know exactly who that guy is. Yeah. I know exactly who that fucking guy is. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And then we did um we did it on Broadway for for like a year. And around that same time, I got my first TV show which shot out here in LA. So I came to LA for the first time, uh 9192, a show called Drexel's Class, which was on Fox, which went one season okay. um with Dabney Coleman. And um so that was sort of those were like my first big jobs that weren't like commercials. I was starting college. It's crazy. I was yeah. starting. How old were you? 
Uh, I was um, well, in '91. I would have been. I would have been 13. Jesus Christ! I was starting college in '91. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy because I always say, I always say to people when there are kids that want to get into the industry, I said like comics. Mm-hmm. I never, no one ever talks to me about acting, but I always go, um, start, start right now. If you start right now, you're just going to be successful. That's mm-hmm. how it works. If you don't get fucked up on drugs, you yeah. will. You'll just learn how to do it, and you'll love it. And you won't love it, and you just, you know, but start now. It's kind of true. I have mixed feelings about it, but I, I don't disagree. I do believe that the reason I am still in the game right now is because of I and, and, and the reason I ended up having a leg up on my competition as I got older and you know, moved to LA in 97 and so forth was because I had had all those years of experience behind me for sure. For sure. I do believe that was an outlier. I mean, you know, it's the whole like 10,000 hours thing at that point, you know, auditioning is a fucking no brainer. Dude, auditioning is like a second language that I speak fluently. I wish to God. Can I, can I tell you what I would like? I would like to go into an audition and have you watch me audition and have you tell me what I did wrong. Louis CK once did that to me. Oh really? Louis CK said, uh, can I tell you? Can I tell you what doesn't work in an audition? And I said, "What?" And he goes, uh, "Saying anything. I don't need you to really say anything. We're a really busy day. Yeah. I don't need you to bring your bag in. I don't need you to, put, you to put your bag down. You should have all your stuff in your bag. Like, be ready to just read the lines. Uh-huh. Don't bring a coffee in. Uh-huh. Don't get yourself situated. No. Just go in, sit down, read the lines. You should be off book. Yep. And leave. Yeah. Don't say anything. Don't don't try to sell yourself in the room. Just go in." We know what we're looking for. If you are it, that's great. But if you bother us, you'll never be it. Yeah, it's true. And I was like, I go, I did all those things. He goes, I know that's why I'm telling you. And I went, oh, wait, you're telling me based on my audition? And he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, was It was one of the worst auditions I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Dude, I am a horror. I cannot audition to save my, I'm not good at auditioning. It is a very specific skill set. And unfortunately, uh, it's, you know, it can it can make or break you obviously if that's part of the process but it's it's almost unfair because you know it's like you get one crack at it maybe you get a second you know maybe they'll say okay one more time though maybe they'll give you a note maybe they won't yeah. you know they might just say you know okay good and you're like well, uh, wait what i uh, you know and then in reality if you had the job you get a few cracks at it. You get more time with it. You know, yeah. I mean, you sometimes get auditions that are like, you know, oh, we got this thing for you tomorrow, 10 a.m. You know, it's 6 p.m. And oh, it's like, we got this that- thing, we got this thing at 10 a.m. And it's like nine pages of shit. And you're like, wait, what? Like, this is not fair. So, so auditioning already is like, it's stacked against the actor for sure. For the most part, it is stacked against against you you're you're already it's an uphill battle before you ever enter the room it just and, is. and you were at the place even when you're a young man you're at the place where you're probably going right to producers anyway on anything yeah so you're only like i would at least get to go through casting directors and work it with them sometimes right. yeah right if right, they wanted right. me to get it right my one shot is like yeah it's it becomes one shot really you're going yeah. in for the producer and the director and you know, you got to nail it there as opposed to like, oh, I gave the casting director enough to see and she wants to bring me back. She's like, OK, good. That was a good trial. I know I'm going back for producers and you have a little bit more time to to, to work with it. But yeah, it's um, but the whole thing is, first of all, I'm a, I'm a great memorizer, which obviously is I is wish key, I was good at that, which is key. Um, But also it uh, I don't disagree with with Louis uh, notes there, yeah. but I do believe that 
uh, for me anyway, what works is is bringing some of my own sort of charm to it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there might not be an opportunity, but if there is, to make a little joke or to say something or to, you know, there usually ends up being for me, I find something to, whatever it is, to engage yeah. with them before I sort of go into actor mode with the, with the sides. That being said, he's right. Like, don't, you're not going in there to do a bit. You're not going in to perform. You're doing their fucking sides. That's it. Do you I know what in, I mean? I went in and read for a sitcom with Danny DeVito and Alicia Silverstone. Uh-huh. I read In the Room with them. <laughs> and I just uh I just rescued a woman from a burning building. I was driving That's down That's the scene? No, or, no, no, you in, really in, did. In real fucking life, right? <laughs> I was driving down like over by uh like fucking sixth in Detroit, like over by Wilshire. Uh-huh. And someone had thrown a cigarette in a bush and a bush caught on fire. And I'm driving to the audition. I see the bush on fire. And I'm like, holy fuck, no one sees the I'm the only one. So I stop my car and go and knock on the door. It's one of those where there's like two apartments upstairs, two apartments downstairs. Yep, yep. Knock on the door, nothing. I open the door and then I start banging on all the win on the doors, right? Now as I'm banging, I go bottom and I run up to the top, bang on those. And as I come back down, the downstairs door is not there everyone's coming up with them and they're like she's sleeping she works at night i guarantee just keep banging keep banging keep banging uh woman shows up opens the door and she's like what the fuck and as she says that the flames go into her window <gasps> she's like oh my god comes running out everyone gets out and i'm like i'm like like dustin hoffman in that fucking movie at the airplane i just go i gotta go to an audition <laughs> i leave and i go in and tell alicia silverstone and danny devito i just rescued a woman out of a burning building and they're like what does that have to do with this scene? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm just saying, like, if I smell like smoke, and they're like, what? And I was like, nothing. And I just walked out. I was like, fuck this. It's just not gonna work. This already isn't going well. Yeah, but hold on. You have, I mean, it was, it was like, how do you not talk, dude? You that's must my have problem. Been, is I fuck. I should not speak half the times I speak. Yeah, but that's hard. How do you not talk about that, dude? That is such a your adrenaline must have been going so fucking hard. Dude. Oh, it's fucking so far. Like, like you can't walk into there and not share. I would have. I mean, that's in, that's crazy. I'm such a bad auditioner. I'm so I'm so bad at it that I that the know, only time I ever booked something it was because I made fun of Les Moonves. Is that true? Yeah, I just walked in and he was like, he was like, we were testing for this sitcom and he was like. Hey Bert, good to see you again. I said we've never met. He was like, I, "Excuse me." I said, "I remember that hair," <laughs> and everyone laughed. And he was like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." What are you doing on that side of the camera? You should be over here. And he goes, "I, I used to be a uh, uh, soap actor, actor." And I said, "Really?" And he said, "Oh yeah." And then he was like, "All right, well, hey, are we gonna read this scene?" And then I read the scene, and he just he was like, "I fucking love that kid. Give it to him." That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then I did it. Went fine. Went great. But then, and then all of a sudden I got put into this, like, go in and read to producers. And it was like, I, it was just like, I, I wasn't a great, I wasn't an actor. I wasn't mm -hmm. like a legit, I remember thinking, I'm not like a legit actor. Like, I, I'm not like, like I can play Bert right. perfectly. Yeah. I cannot play. I can't play the wacky neighbor. I'm not that wacky neighbor. Mm -hmm. I can just play me. But it's working out for you, man. Oh, Stand up yeah. is where I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm, the older I've gotten, the less I care about acting, and but I think also, you get better if you don't care about it. Um, dude, but that's true about everything in life. I'm discovering yeah. lately that is something I've been talking a lot about that lately. Actually, the less invested, or the the more you're able to sort of pull yourself out and have a little bit more perspective on on what the priorities <laughs> are in general, it really because look, dude, we're I mean, 
Yeah, it's so hard, dude. I mean, every it's just the less you care. This is gonna sound super Hollywood, but the less you care about a ten thousand dollar check, the more often people offer you ten thousand dollars to do something. Yeah, like it's it is the craziest. When I was young and married and kids and broke and doing the road, the idea of making six thousand dollars in a weekend was a pipe dream. Yeah. I mean, a fucking was never gonna. Ha I was like, how in the fuck? I remember I remember I toured with this guy and he told me how much money he made in a month. He made a million dollars in a month. And I was like, what Whoa. the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, how does how do you even get to that level? Yeah. But then you start you get to a place where things start happening and then then you stop caring yeah. as like the way you did. And it's just it's like almost all of a sudden it's like the energy starts going with you. Yep. It's true, man. It's really true. Um wait, did you it was there a point you cared? Like you seem to me like someone who I was thinking this today. I was like, I was going in my refrigerator. And I was like, wonder if he worries about money. Like, because I got, like, I, I always worry about money, but I think that's why I was broke for so long. Mm -hmm. You had such a, a a run of huge fucking summer blockbuster. I don't know if they're summer, but summer blockbuster yeah. movies. And then such like a, you've, you've done so much cool stuff. Yeah. That it seems like anytime you want, you could be like, I'll host a game show and get fucking $20 million. Like, do you worry about money? It's a great question, actually. Um, I um, your wife's a national bestseller. I'm a New York Times bestseller. I mean, uh, yes and no. Um, so, I, I mean, it's so. Look, when I'm not working, the thing that I worry about most is less financial and more emotional i get you know it it um i i'd say it's it's less financial insecurity that i that i have although it happens sometimes when you're not because when i'm not working and i go long stretches without working um it's and everything's going out and we live a certain lifestyle now so the the um the outgoing money is not small amounts i live in fucking new york I yeah. own a I own a condo in New York and I have a one I have two kids in private school and um you know these are all choices that I've made yeah. and my wife and I have made but we have a nut that's a real fucking nut we, we've all got a nut and when that's only go, <laughs> when it's only going out and look I have investments and that stuff so there's there's even when I'm not working there's some stuff coming in and you know ho hopefully and some years not some years there are but uh but when I'm not working for the most part where my head goes is, oh shit, this is all outgoing, all outgoing. Do you know what I mean? And I'll, yeah. I'll be fine for a little while. <laughs> You're and talking then... to a guy who spent the spent every fucking weekend on the road for the last. I mean, every fucking. Yeah. I can't stop working because right. all I think is, I can't slow down because I don't want that out to go so far out. Yep. I can't bring it back in. Exactly. And I have. I mean, this is a very modest house. Our nut is super. What well, has always been very small, mm -hmm. but still, I have that fucking. Yeah, man. Of course you do. And and um, yeah. So it. So if a, if an if enough time goes by, and you know, I you know, I'll, I'll get freaked out, and I'll you know, we'll have these conversations with Jenny and I will have these conversations about should we change some of our behaviors? I haven't been on a show in you know, two years and, you know, the last American pie residual was a little less than I thought or whatever it is that makes me <laughs> yeah. go, are we, should we? 
And then, you know, and maybe, or maybe our, my business manager will say something that kind of maybe gets in my head a little bit because she's pretty conservative, but I've always known that about her. But anyway, but I want her to be conservative, mm -hmm. P.S. But she might say something like, oh, yeah, that was, uh, did it, you know, you spent on, that was something, huh? And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Was that too? And then I start freaking out. And then I always end up coming back to, you know, I know what I, ha what I have. Um, I know the, and, and ultimately I know that more will come. Like I, I, I get freaked out that I'm not going to work again. And then I go through all of the emotions and I go through all the, the, you know, like, Oh my God, this is horrible. And it's all going to be outgoing. And do I have enough for the rest of our lives? I do if we do this or if we do that or what, you know, and then, and then I like always come back to, you know, this is not, I've every year, you know, I probably have it maybe once or twice a year where I go, wait, should I? And then, Basically, what ends up happening is I don't we don't change our behavior, really. Uh, maybe we do for a minute. <laughs> and then we end up sort of the nut stays the same. Um, we take that trip that we were like, should we not take that trip? We fucking take it. Yeah. And guess what? The year ends and I still have money in the bank. Like I've I've been very blessed. And so for me, it comes down to like. I'm now 42 almost. Do I keep doing this my whole life? Like, at oh. what point do I go, fuck, man, I'm good. I've got a fucking lot of money in the bank. Like, I'm totally okay. Can I just live stress-free? Like, that's a blessing. That is a gift that I've been giving. Yeah. given. Why do I want to keep fucking torturing myself? Yes, be, don't be stupid. I can't be stupid, but I, I'm not. And, like, I know that I'm, it's going to be okay, right? So You turned out to be the guy we wanted you to be. When we saw you in American Pie, you turned out to be the guy, like, meaning, like, everyone saw you and was was like, oh, this is a great guy. This The character was a great guy, but then mm -hmm. everyone meets you, and they're like, oh, I want him to stick around. Yeah. Like, and you you did it. Like, that's so, I mean, so many of those guys didn't. I know. So many of those guys didn't, and I don't know why. Fucking Sean, yeah. whatever that guy's name is, that did the movie The Rock. Sean, yeah, Sean Scott. He yeah. was so fucking awesome awesome yeah I, i'm like i'm just letting him know if he's listening i'm still buying tickets to whatever the fuck you put out i don't yeah. know where you are i don't know what you're doing yeah but fucking i love that guy yeah it's um it's interesting man like it's interesting to hear you say that about me that that was that was like your perception of me right? oh that you like saw me in 99 or whatever that was i saw you and with will smith me, me and will smith, smith went to see that movie who will me, smith will smith yeah will smith will smith will smith will smith me cool mo d biz Marquis um uh jazzy jeff james lassiter uh we all went to from overbrook we all went to go see that together no shit yeah we saw that more people too more hip-hop guys but i don't remember um it was 99 yeah, 99 and we went to um planet hollywood just off by lincoln uh-huh by lincoln center around there yeah went to planet hollywood went downstairs we had shrimp and uh and uh long island iced teas and we watched american pie and they fucking howled laughing. No like, shit. Like howled laughing. I'd never seen it. I'm dying laughing, but I'm nervous because I thought they were judging my sensibility, my comedic mm. sensibility. So halfway through, I started relaxing. I got a little and drunk. And enjoying it more. And yeah. enjoying it. And I had a fucking blast. And then, that's yeah. That's a fucking cool story, man. Yeah, yeah. I love hearing that. That's um... it's even cooler if I tell you that I thought Will Smith wanted to fuck me in the ass that night. <laughs> my dad convinced me that Will wanted to have sex with me because that's he was like, 
It was a long story. It's a long story. I told I told, I told it a lot, but and then Will, I told him I was a hip hop fan. He goes, "What do you think of the movie?" I was like, "It's great." He's like, "What do you think of the room?" I was like, "It's cool." He's like, "What about the guys?" I go, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You, you said you're a hip hop fan. Look around. That's Cool Modi. That's Biz Marquis. That's Jeff, ever got brought all these guys so you can meet them." And I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" That's but yeah, you turned into the guy. And then I moved out to LA shortly thereafter, and I remember, I remember it's like you guys were like you guys were the class like who who do you think your class was despite the not just the american pie group, yeah right but who was your class i feel like it was seth Ma, seth green. seth green i was just gonna say seth brecken seth green i saw seth green driving a red honda civic and i had a fucking massively expensive uh ford truck because i had all this television money uh-huh. and i remember i drove past him up by yamashiro and i went motherfucker i'm wasting my goddamn money mm-hmm. this guy's in fucking tv shows his whole life and in movies yep i am pissing money away but yeah who else yeah brecken, seth brecken meyer um you know like uh the um the dawson's creek you know michelle and katie and and josh and uh and james and um you know uh let's see who else yes yeah, uh, jamie jamie kennedy Jamie Freddie Prinz was yeah. in our class. Like that was all our class right around there. Sarah, um, Selma, Blair. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Quip. I will tell you one thing about Quip. They have the best damn tasting toothpaste in the world. I can't use any other toothpaste. I have a problem with toothpaste. Quip's toothpaste freaking rocks. Their toothbrush is better. What I love about this toothbrush is that it does all the work for you practically. And look, here's the deal. If you have good habits, when it comes to oral care, you're good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day, flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes it that simple, starting with their electric toothbrush. Refillable floss and anti-cavity toothpaste, which I love the taste of. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean of your mouth. Let me tell you something. I literally zone out when I brush my teeth now and just run it all over slowly. And when it just, boop, I go to the next one, boop. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I don't have to think about it. Plus, the Quip Floss Dispenser comes with pre-marked string to let you know just how much is enough floss. Not to mention, Quip delivers fresh brush heads and floss and Toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. So your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Burkast right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill for free at getquip.com slash Burkast. I'll spell it out for you. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Burkast. You heard it right. Your first refill for free at getquip.com slash Quip, the good habit company. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Health is personal, but no matter what it looks like, it should taste good. Am I correct? That's why Blue Apron wants to help you create a mealtime routine that works for you. One that's not centered around fads or diets, but an enjoyable long-term approach to eating. Create a personalized plan that works for you with Blue Apron's ever-changing mix of plant-forward, vegetarian, carb-conscious, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, WW-approved, 500 calories or less options. Damn, that rolls off the tongue. 
Choose with a variety of chef-designed, ready-to-cook meals and get perfectly portioned, fresh ingredients delivered straight to your door. Busy week? Are you traveling? Blue Apron's flexible. Only order deliveries for the weeks that work for you. Let Blue Apron take care of meal planning so you can enjoy a healthy lifestyle. The beginning of your new year is a great time to reevaluate your life. Blue Apron believes a healthy lifestyle starts with a balanced relationship with food, knowing exactly goes what goes into each meal. Because what goes into each of your meals, everything you chop, great zest, sear, and then put on a plate goes into your mouth. And what goes in your mouth creates a great body. This new health-conscious recipe plan features a range of flavor-packed meals made with fresh produce, lean proteins, whole grains, moderate dairy, and lots of variety. Over half their new signature menu is stacked with ready-to-cook meals designed for a healthy lifestyle. Discover 11 weekly recipes that range from grain bowls to curries to salads to stir-fries. I'm telling you, man. Best of all, Blue Apron helps me disconnect from my phone, discover my inner chef, and connect with my family. I've always said this. I think Blue Apron taught it to me. I stand by it. I love it. A family that cooks together, eats together. A family that eats together, lives together, and loves together. And our family is closer because of Blue Apron. Eating doesn't have to be about deprivation, people. Don't compromise on flavor or suffer through boring meals. Embrace the whole ingredients and eat with all your senses. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That's blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron, feed your soul. So then let's get into, I just want to know, did you live at the at the apartments on Oakwood? Bur- Oakwood? So not those ones. I lived at the ones in Marina Del Rey. Oh, for real? When I first came out in 97, I came out to do a, uh, a TV show. Um... Uh, called Total Security with Jim Belushi. And I came out for that and uh, I stayed at the Marina Del Rey, uh, Oakwoods. Lived there for like four months or so. And then uh, and then I did, the show was canceled after 13 episodes and I decided to stay out in LA. Because that was, that was my, I mean, I'd come out, I told you earlier, I did my first show in 91 and I came out, you know, with my mom. I mean, I yeah. was a kid and, and then that show was canceled and I just went back to Jersey and lived my life and, you know. Uh, but when I came out in 97, I was 19. I had already dropped out of two colleges at that point and came out, did the show, it was canceled. And I said, you know what? I'm here. Like, I gotta, this is my shot. I, I gotta, God. I gotta take it, you know? And, you know, I remember calling my mom being like, my, so nervous. Cause you know, I had a very, yeah, it was weird stuff and, you know, very enmeshed and like kind of, you know, had a tough time sort of breaking from from my mom (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it was hard like even when I went to college I was like living at home and it was just it was not healthy or good for me at that time at that age but I just remember feeling real guilty like uh, Italian right yeah Italian that's what it is yeah Italian dudes and their moms and I was the only son yeah I just remember feeling like oh god I'm gonna make this call because she's like she you know knew I went out to you know obviously I went out for the show and she knew I was you know obviously I was 19 so she knew I was gonna go without her but you know she still came out a bunch you know she came out and visited and you know did the whole thing but i was like when when i decided that i needed to stay and i had kind of if someone on this that set of that tv show that i was doing i became friendly with and he kind of pointed me in the direction of a of a of an apartment of an an old friend of his had a room opening up kind of thing because I had kind of hinted at like maybe I should stay out and he was like dude you totally should stay out here like you're great like you gotta whatever in fact I have a friend that has a place and I was like oh my god really 
And I remember sort of getting it all lined up first. I met with her. It was a, uh, had a, a girl roommate, um, Charlotte. She was awesome. And uh, I remember asking like, can I do month to month? Cause I don't know what my deal is. I may have to like, I may be back in Jersey and who knows? I don't know. I'm going to try for pilot season. Cause the show was canceled in like December, January. Yeah. So I was like, gonna, I was like, I'm going to test the waters for pilot season and see. She's like, yeah, sure. No problem. I can, you know, do that for you. I was like, okay. Then I called my mom and was like, mom, here's my plan. And I remember being super nervous to tell her she was surprisingly okay with it. I think she was a little stunned. And also I think she just thought, that I would be home soon. Yeah. I think she thought I would do pilot season, maybe do a pilot and then I'd, you know, whatever. I'd, I'd end up back. I don't think she yeah. really thought that it was going to be what it was. Not that she didn't have confidence in me, yeah. but just, I don't think she just thought ahead to like, how long is it until you booked your next? So thing? I booked a pilot. Oh, that, really? That, that pilot. So that was January. I came back out, I went home for the holidays and then came back out to my new apartment in January actually drove cross country with my old man to get my car from Jersey out to LA. Really? What car? What kind of car? Toyota Corolla okay. with rims <laughs> tinted out. I forgot you're from Jersey. Yeah, dude. I even had the big muffler on the back, the whole thing. Oh. It was crazy. Uh, a subwoofer. Uh, <laughs> dude. And so we drove that thing cross country, man. <laughs> I mean, my dad. It was great. I remember I had... Oh, Man, I remember I brought a bunch of weed with me. I put a bunch of weed in the in a bag in the trunk and we got pulled over in Oklahoma. And I was so fucking nervous because I was still kind of a goody two shoes with my parents. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. I, I was just I was pretty straight laced through high school. And yeah. this was right around the time I was starting to kind of really kind of rebel a little bit. But I still didn't want them to find out. Yeah. And so I had this bag of weed in the trunk and we got pulled over in Oklahoma. And I was so fucking freaked out. That he was gonna like search and look at through the car. I just was just freaked out. I don't remember. Did he end up opening it? No, he didn't open the trunk. Maybe that was just in my 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 worst nightmare version. He opens the trunk. Uh, but anyway, made it cross country and then um started auditioning uh for pilots and booked a pilot right away. Like kind of just went boom, booked a pilot. Uh it was for NBC, it was with Jordana Brewster. And Hello, Jordan is in all the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, I was, um, I've never watched one of them. She, she, she's great. And then uh, this kid, uh, Sean, who's on now, who's been on literally NCIS for 100 years. Really? Um, great dude. And so it was the three of us. And um, we did the pilot. And that, you know, you, you find out in May, right, if it's getting picked up. And um, in April... I auditioned for American Pie. Well, what would become known as American Pie. Really? And so... So you're praying it doesn't get picked up. So it went from, please, I, oh my God, I did a pilot. Is it going to get picked up? To, oh my God, wait, if it gets picked up. I hadn't booked it yet. It was weird. I was like, so in April I auditioned, but then they were, and the, I was the director's first choice. Who directed that? Chris and Paul Weitz. Okay. Um, and... I was apparently their first choice, but the studio was still thinking that they wanted some names in the role. So there was this horrible waiting period like that stretched into May. And then I remember they, the pilot was like close to getting picked up, or at least that's what they told us. I mean, you know, every pilot is it seems close to getting picked up. <laughs> every pilot I've done has been close to getting picked up and most of them haven't. So that whatever that, that pilot's always getting close to picked up and the uh 
Did I get any feedback from the casting oh, director? Dude. I remember the casting director. I said to the I said to my manager one time, "Can I talk to the casting director? I'd love to get some feedback." And the casting director <laughs> called me and goes, uh, "Can I help you?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I would love to get some feedback." She goes, "You didn't get it." <laughs> and I was like, "Nobody know, but why?" And she goes, "Cuz you weren't right for it." Yeah. So yeah, you it. don't get any feedback. Nope. So wait, so wait, so you, you got this like period where you're like, "It's close." And then I went from being excited, like, oh, my God, I'm going to get a show on the air to um, to then it sort of overlapped with them switching gears on casting the name, which at the time was Jonathan Taylor Thomas from uh, Home Improvement. Remember him from Home yeah, Improvement? Of course I do. Yeah. yeah. So that's the name that they were talking about to No, it is going to be yours. I think we're going to get an offer. And then it was like, oh, God, but if the show gets picked up and it was all this crazy, it was just a weird, awesome, but awesome. Do you remember time. that energy, though, of I mean, this is cell phones were around, but they weren't like they all you had was that Nokia brick one. I had a brick. Yeah, I had a brick. And but do you remember that energy of like just waiting on a Tuesday night? Oh, my God, of course. I remember like waiting for the landline to ring, just like what is going to happen? And when it would, and I don't even think I had caller ID when it would, it would be like, hello, hello, you know, oh my God. Yeah, it's my agent. God, and then if there wasn't an update, if it was just kind of so like a vividly. checking in thing, it would be the worst. Just like the, come on. We still haven't heard anything yet. And you're like, oh God, uh, God why don't fucking, call? Can you call them and find yeah, out? Yeah. Uh, and so look, man, fate's an interesting thing, right? I did, the show did not get picked up and the uh i did get them you know obviously we all know how this story turns out and then uh you know and but so, break it tell me tell me in the tell me living the story did, did you think the movie was going to be any good um the movie on paper was better than everything else i had been reading because so in addition to the you know pilot season then i'm also auditioning for all that was the you know teen movie sort of peak that was the golden yeah. age of teen movies man uh, what else so, did you audition for that dude, you did everything uh, there was this movie uh, well I think she's all that I think uh, I auditioned for 10 things I hate about you 10, I did oh I, for real yeah I auditioned for 10 things I hate about you I auditioned for there's this movie Get Over It which became Get Over Allison which was with Kirsten Dunst oh she's in my class Kirsten, oh, yeah? yeah I'd say she's in my she was the same time I mean she was a kid actor as well she was in, you know in, interview with the vampire and stuff but then you know around that time we were all kind of compete you all in the same movies you know what I mean yeah. like one we all had one degree of separation if not we we worked with each other and did I you think. guys like hang out at parties did you see guys a little bit yeah I mean yeah like your class was there like a bar you went to like I remember guys was really hot at that time Do you remember guys? guys bar yeah guys yeah. was hot um I got into a fight with uh Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa, yeah. Devin Sawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and was, and yeah. Stu Stone. Stu. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I had Stu on my podcast. That's Jamie's boy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are yeah, they yeah. still tight? Yeah, yeah, yeah very. Yeah, yeah. they came into the podcast. And, like sh- and we screened maybe the hardest I've ever laughed at anything, which is you cannot do anymore, obviously, that you were in, is the episode you were in where they were in blackface. Oh, my God, dude. It's the fucking... I yeah. still to this day... Yeah cannot and they they came over they screened it we watched it here we recorded it on a podcast us watching and they're and jamie's like i've got the only copy i've got the only copy and no one's getting this and Stu at one point said we'll give you a copy if you promise not to to show anyone i went i can't, I can't make that it. promise go, don't give me the thing because i guarantee i'll go first person i'm showing is to a segura because i know he would cry i used to have that on my dvr and i would play it oh when people God. came to my house oh just my so God. that people could watch it i go this is the funniest thing i've ever seen I remember that, dude. Yeah, you could not do that now. That's so funny. The best is Jamie Kennedy looked like looked like I think looked like Daryl Strawberry 
and they gave <laughs> and they gave Stu Stone all the leftover pieces. Yes. So like it was didn't even look like a real. It looked like the weirdest black guy ever. It was so weird. Oh, but just keep going. So, but like you guys yes. would all see each other. So, out. yeah, we'd see each other around a little bit. I mean, were you partying at the time? Uh, it started to ramp up. So so I would so so at that point though, when that first summer where I'm auditioning for all of these teen movies and stuff, I really didn't know a lot of people. Knew my roommate. She was a lot older than me. We didn't really go out much. We didn't hang much. And then it wasn't until I shot American Pie that summer that I started to hang with that group, but then also kind of settled in to LA a little bit more and found some other friends who are still my friends to this day. So um, in the business or just regular? People? Both, both regular and uh, Wait, who are your friends that are in the business? Like, like, well, so from that movie, Eddie K. Thomas, who played Finch, so fucking he, good. he's one of my best friends. So oh, for he, real? Yeah. So he and he I had actually, a great sitcom. Uh, yeah, called uh, Till Death. That was yeah. on for a while. He had a great um, then he just did Scorpion for a few years. He's actually doing my show this week. He's guesting on it. We got to talk about your show. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um. But he he and I knew each other from New York. He was a kid actor in New York as well, and oh. we knew each other, but we didn't really hang out. In fact, I shouldn't say we did not hang out. We would see each other on auditions, and then I was always the kid that would go home to New Jersey. You know, my mom get back in my mom's minivan and drive in Lincoln Tunnel traffic back to Jersey. And he was a city kid, so he got to hang with all the other city kid actors and you know go oh, wow. smoke weed and have fun and be friends. So I knew him. Would say what's up on auditions. But didn't wasn't until the American Pie table read that it was like, what's up, dude? Hey, I guess we're doing this thing together. Finally, after, you know, seeing each other for 15 years. How cool. Yeah. And then boom, best friends. Uh, and so he still to this day is one of my best friends. Um, and then uh, it's so weird because everyone knows who my friends are. But like, I don't I know. I know your wife, but that's it. I yeah. know that you guys were friends with Chelsea. Yeah, we're friends with Chelsea. We hang with her a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, don't tell the, her, but I called her a cunt on my special. I won't tell her that. It's fine. She knows she's a cunt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in the business, my friends are. Oh, you know, I moved to New York as well, yeah. so it's a little. But in New York, my buddy Justin Bartha moved. Yeah, he and I Justin moved. Justin Bartha, I know that guy. Hangover and uh, oh my God, Justin Treasure. Bartha, Justin Bartha, Justin Bartha has my favorite fucking interview that's ever been done. Wait, which one? The New York Knicks? No, no, no. no what? No, no. What? 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 Justin Bartha, if you please share this with him. Uh -huh. I learned so much from this dude in this one interview. He goes in to do Ron Bennington. He's promoting American National Treasure. Yeah. National Treasure yep, 2. Yep. He's promoting National Treasure 2. And he comes in, and the energy is weird in the room. Who's Ron Bennington? Should I know? Oh, sorry, sorry. He Who? is the greatest radio guy ever he's got a serious xm show called the bennington show but he's out of tampa i grew up on ron okay. and ron that was like our show growing up okay all my all my colloquial comedy speak is from that show i mean just i i still talk like listeners from that show so he he's he was big with opie and anthony you remember opie and anthony yeah of course he was big with opie and anthony it would go opie and anthony, i have an opie ron. and anthony story for you when you're done oh oh my god so then and then it would go ron bennington justin bartha comes in please share this with him okay because i want him to know I'm driving on the grapevine to do Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento uh, Laughs Unlimited. Uh -huh. I'm making $700 for the weekend, and I'm driving up over the grapevine, listening, and Justin Bartha comes in, and he, he's a little, got a little Hollywood air to him. He's like, uh -huh. oh, well, what's up? Uh, how we doing? Fun, you know, kind of, uh -huh. and they're like, yeah. and then sits down, they're like, so tell us, uh, tell us about your movie. He goes, eh, it's a movie, you know, what are you going to, what are you going to say? It's <laughs> big budget, national treasury, Nick Cage, and 
And Ron That Benning, sounds exactly like Justin. Go and ahead. And Nick Ron Bennington goes, by the way, you're gonna love this story. Ron Bennington goes, so, so tell me about the movie. And he's just still kind of deflecting a little bit. <laughs> and Ron goes, Is this is this happening? And they're all like, I don't know. It seems awkward in here. And then and then Justin's still playing around. Like he's like, Yeah, it's a little awkward, you know? Yeah, it's a little like and Ron goes, you know what? I don't have to do this. I don't I've been doing it too long. I'm done. Thank you very much. Justin Bartha goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, I'm done. I don't have to do this. Your fucking publicist says you're a good guy. You come in, you get, you take, you do a whole thing about your coat. You're kind of an asshole. I don't want to do this. Just leave. And Justin Bartha goes, I, th I thought we were just screwing around. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm being very clear. I don't want to do an interview with you. Justin Bartha says, I messed up. Can we start over? And Ron goes, I don't know if we can. And Justin goes, give me a chance. And he's like, okay. So they start talking and it was the most accountable human being I've ever heard. And then they have this great fucking interview where Justin just went in and said, Hey man, I, I'm an, I don't know how to do these things. I'm not a fucking radio guy. You guys are busting balls. I tried to bust balls. It came off wrong, but I'm a good guy and I'm not trying to trying to be a dick. And it was fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm on the car. I pulled over. There's a Chevron when you're driving over the, over the grapevine. <laughs> I pulled over and was, I didn't want to lose the signal and was listening. I'm like, who is this guy? Justin Bartha. I have followed Justin Bartha's career my whole fucking life because of this one goddamn interview that, that he is... probably does not remember. I bet you he does. It was fucking awesome. That is that is an amazing story and that is very justin that's i mean you've did that that yes he's just he was it was like it was like uh you learn lessons from men in life that d didn't mean to teach you a lesson but yep. you learn it uh, uh an executive producer one time I sh there's like these i'm saying in like small bites an executive producer one time uh i showed up i was we were shooting in amsterdam we'd all party the night before I show up, call time's like 10 o'clock and it's like 10.05 in the morning and I get down to the van and he's the only one there. He's sitting in the van and I said, hey, what are you doing here? And he said, call time's 10. If you're not early, you're late. And I went, oh. Mm -hmm. I said, but you're the executive producer. And he goes, yeah. And I got a call sheet just like everyone else. If you're not early, you're late. And I thought, this guy's making all the money on this show mm -hmm. and he's waiting in the van. I will never make mm -hmm. someone wait for me in a van ever again. Yeah. Those little things. His accountability in that, his his willingness to throw away the air of a celebrity, the air of everything, and be a man and say, "Hey guys, I fucked up and yep. I want to start over." I like I just was like, "Hey, you can always be very real. Yeah. Like you don't have to. Like he he could have very easily just been like, "Fuck you guys and walk out." Yeah, I don't need to do this show. He didn't do that. Yeah, and man, I fucking I followed that guy's career because of that shit. That's uh that's incredible that um you know justin definitely and he knows this he 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 he's so self-aware um but he's also you know he's also insecure like all of us like he you know he's also um he's a bit of a you know he's got a bit of a he's a bit of a curmudgeon-y side mm -hmm. but he's very accountable and very honest very very honest but he also you know, he can be a tough first sip. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. he's, you know, like I could say, I'm like, sometimes it's like, okay, Justin, that's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I, there, there's an impression maybe that's made, but, but he is one of my favorite people for the reason you just said. Yeah. Um, and he is one of the funniest guys I know. 
but he's very he's very real. And you know, he and I moved to New York at the exact same. We both had a kid, our first kid in L.A., and we both moved to New York at almost the exact same time. Not together or mm-hmm. on purpose, just kind of parallel lives. We're very similar. I would put him in my class. You know, he graduated NYU around the time we were doing the first. Uh, uh, you know, we we were already in uh, done American Pie, so we were we were already out here. But he came out right after, and you know, I auditioned for National Treasure. You know, he it's oh. like we you know we sort of flip flop who's getting what and who's casting what. Um, but yeah, that that's a that's a great story. That sounds exactly like Justin. So we you know, he does this thing. He's got like this little little bit, you know, and it's yeah. like a little like it's just it's just it's not it's just a little thing he does that yeah. feels a little like pretentious or a little bit of an air. And it's like, but he's just like a teddy. He's a fucking teddy bear. Yeah, and I love him. Um, so wait, so, Opie and Anthony. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm doing the Graduate on Broadway mm-hmm. in 2002, and Opie and Anthony was kind of it was kind of peak Opie and Anthony. And um, uh, we are doing the show and it was a night performance and there's a scene. So it was Kathleen Turner, Alicia Silverstone uh, and myself. We were sort of the, you know, it was Mrs. Robinson and uh, Anne. Who the, what was the other character? What was Alicia, you know, the younger, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and myself and um, Kathleen got naked every night on stage. You know, to her credit, God bless her. Every night she would just drop trout, drop Somebody it had, I don't know what it looks like, but I, regardless, I'd pay to see it. People paid to see it, you yeah. know. <laughs> and um, and uh, I mean, it's actually a, it's like a horrible story, really. But um, no good. This is. <laughs> I mean, but by the way, there's never been a happy Opie and Anthony yeah, story. No, including the story of Opie and Anthony. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right. So. All of a sudden, you know, it's theater and like, you know, everyone is quiet and watching and engaged. And what we would hear often when because there were still people, even though half the audience paid, you know, were there because they had heard that Kathleen got naked. The other half hadn't didn't know. They were like, oh, the graduate. Cool. Or they came to see Alicia or me or whatever it was. And um, so almost every performance, there'd be a few gasps, you know, like, oh. You know, you'd hear you'd hear that sometimes that came to be expected. This one night she drops her clothes and I'm I'm the only one on stage with her. It's me and her. And she drops her clothes and I immediately turn downstage like to look out at the audience, you know, like look away from her. And she's upstage of me completely naked facing the audience. And she drops her clothes and it's like silent. And I have the next line. And before I had a chance to get my line out, you just hear from the back of the theater so loud, screaming, hey, Kathleen, put your goddamn clothes back on. And it was, I still feel, I know that feeling for me, by the way, I can't imagine what it was like for Kathleen. It was so jarring and so shocking that like you literally, like we were the ones, like I gasped. I was like, uh, I didn't know you just kind of fucking freeze. Yeah. It was so crazy. And I, then I was just like, I have a line, I have a line, I have a line. You know, like I got the line out and then we just fucking carried on. And the scene was, and then it, the first act ends like a scene later. And then all of us are backstage like, Oh my God, what happened? And Kathleen kind of went to her dressing room and retreated. And we're like, is she okay? And, da, 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 and all this stuff. They're like, did you find the guy? We escorted him out. Yeah. The whole thing, security got him. Turns out it was a guy doing it for Opie and Anthony. 
I don't know if it was an employee of Opie and Anthony or I think Who they might have did a contest like, you know, hey, if someone wants to, you know, yeah. go, I'll give you some dough if you uh, go and, you know, and um, it was gnarly, dude. That was my yeah. kind of introduction to Opie and Anthony. Did you ever do Opie and Anthony? I did not. No, not because I not because <laughs> no, I was no, like, no, fuck no. you. I just never Opie and did. Anthony was I, I, it's one of those things. It's like uh, if you were if you were a fan of the show, I was a fan of the show. There were parts where you just would cringe. Be like, yeah, Ugh, it's so much Too better much. when you guys are well, like I, I, didn't, I think every single one of them would admit it. But they were like times where you would you'd be like like anthony or opie threw dominoes at someone like there were times but then then there were times when they were all sitting with comics and it was just fucking genius yeah like the back and forth was, but you know but i mean obviously they got kicked off of fucking air for having anal sex at st pat's yeah or st Catharines, whatever but uh yeah i was never a fan of that i was never a fan of that kind of shit like with it whenever this is gonna sound really narcissistic i'm sure but whenever they'd fuck with reporters i had a, a tv show on travel channel at the time and i was always trying to interview people man on the mm. street and i always had people doing that to me bro i almost lost my shit a thousand fucking times so every time when someone would go like oh and a party rocks i'd always be like god damn it you have no idea what you just did to a guy who's trying to get through a fucking like day interview. of work yeah it's i mean so much so that i have there's an interview of me online i was going to hike uh runyon or uh not runyon but another hill right mm -hmm. around here and this young lady uh probably 23 is uh for uh channel cbs news it's 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 across the board it's gonna be on all cbs news and she's trying to interview people about sunglasses Do, <laughs> doing an interview in in la getting get doing like a man on the street getting someone on air in la is fucking impossible because if you're famous they can't you they you're not gonna yep. it's not gonna work and yep. if you are a nobody you take it as an affront that they don't know who you are it's like it's the weirdest thing it's like uh i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm in sag i can't do that and you're like no one knows who the fuck you are just give her the fucking interview <laughs> yeah totally it's like it's such a weird thing so i'm watching people give this woman a hard time and i just go over and i go hey i have sunglasses on i'd love to do your interview she was like really and i was like oh i'm gonna give you the interview of a fucking lifetime yeah so i i reposition myself i say we're in dappled sunlight right now and you're not going to be able to use this interview i still you. need to get out That's in amazing. full sun or full shade and i'd i'd assume being in the sun since we're talking about sunglasses she's like yeah yeah we, maybe we should do that i and made her day and i was man. like great i go give me your first question i replied with her question uh -huh. with the beginning of the like used yep. her question in my answer and then i just went on and talked about sunglasses growing up in florida i have super sensitive eyes when i was a kid i used to i give her everything she ever fucking needed and I was That's like, amazing. God, you, you, you forget. Yeah, they ran it. They ran it. They ran it for a whole week. The, they, they cut it into pieces. They ran they a, every night. It was like, and let's go to our sunglasses report. P people would call me and be like, yo, man, I'm in Virginia. What the fuck are you doing on my news? That's I was hilarious. like, I loved it because I was like, I've been there so many times. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. So wait, let's talk about partying because you were you guys after. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. First off, mm -hmm. American Pie comes out. Yeah. What's that yeah. feel like? You, you became famous oh well yeah yeah but to incorporate also a previous uh question that we didn't really answer and it'll slide right into this yes. part which is uh did i have a feeling it was going to be oh yeah something? yeah yeah and that summer i was reading and auditioning for everything you know and that script was the only one that i was like laughing out loud to and that was the first by the way i would have taken happily any part in any movie at any time yes please yeah 
But that one, after I read that one, and particularly that for Jim, I was like, oh my God, this is the one I fucking want. Like this is it, this is the one. Funniest script I ever read, mm -hmm. I swear to God, it's not on the screen. It did not show up on the screen quite as well. Dude, where's my car? I believe that, I read that too. I fucking, yep. when Alyssa Milano comes in, I, it was just such a fucking it was crazy, great. fucking hilarious script. And then I watched it and I was like, ah, I missed yeah. a little bit for me. Yeah, but, but I remember that. I think I remember reading that script as well. Um, oh, Ashton Kutcher's and all those that 70s guys, because actually that. Oh, that's funny. When I that first pilot season. Yeah. The other pilot that I was close to getting and I ended up getting the, a different one was that 70s show. I went in and tested over here. Uh, CBS Radford. CBS Radford uh, and coming down to the wire on um, on that 70s show. So it was like Ashton Topher, all those guys, which when we're so still, crazy. we're still. Topher's got a podcast now. Does he? I think so. I like Topher, man. He's, he's a smart I met type. him. He seemed like a very sweet guy. I don't, he's I don't know. Sweet. I'm, I'm horrible at that stuff. Like, yeah. like when I'll know someone's face and go, I know, I know you, but I don't know what I know right, you from. Right, right, right. So, 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 um, so. Was it so fun we, to shoot the movie? It was so much fun to shoot. We had the best fucking time. Where did you shoot it? Canada? No, we shot it in, in and around LA. Long Beach, a lot of it. For real? Yeah, man. In fact, we did the first three movies. In American Pie 3, America, which was American Wedding, we went up to uh, Half Moon Bay. We shot at the Ritz-Carlton Half Moon Bay for a week. We, that's where we did our like wedding uh, uh, exterior scenes and stuff. That was the first time we had gone on location. We got fucked up on that trip. I remember drinking. Holy shit, man. It was like a, you know, we had like a 7 a.m. flight up to San Francisco, LAX to San Francisco. It's like a 45-minute flight. I was just like bloody Marys. We didn't have to work that day. You know, we like yeah. landed and got to go fuck around and be in the hotel and, you know, and, um, and it was this American pie group. It was our third movie. We're all getting paid a shit ton of money. It's our first time on location with this group of people. And I was just like bloody Marys. We must've had like five or six bloody Marys in 45 minutes <laughs> stumbled off the plane. I remember getting into the van and making sure that we stopped for like, liquor and alcohol drinking in the van getting to the place getting in golf carts because it was like a golf resort up yeah. there and literally driving around and it's like cliffs like 100 foot drops oh, right down to the ocean there. beautiful but fucking driving around on these still wasted from the morning driving around like skidding like get to see how cool could get closest to the cliff without going yeah. over fucking idiots idiots uh we had fun man so that first movie we partied during the movie a bit um and and then yeah and then it was a year it was a year from the time we shot it to the time it came out so it was this crazy that was probably the craziest time for me because we knew we had this movie we had the best time doing it we shot it we were like this could be something i mean it's like the pie like what the fuck we did some crazy shit we're like this is feels better than all this other shit that i'm paying money to go see or that I auditioned for, but it, we still didn't really know. Um, and so, so like a few months passed and I'm still like in LA auditioning, but I remember it was a, a couple weird, a couple kind of crazy things happened during that year. I got offered, speaking of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, this is funny, I got offered like a uh, three or four episode arc on the final, that was the final season of Home Improvement. And it was for like the last four episodes ever or something. And I auditioned for it and booked it. 
And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this would be fucking cool. Cool. I've been watching Home Improvement since I was like, life. since my whole life in Jersey. I was like a kid watching, growing up with this shit. Now I'm going to be on it. This is dope. Yeah. And my manager was like, I don't think we should do it. I was like, what? It was the first time I ever passed on anything. And I was like, wait, why? And he's like, because I think this movie is going to be something. And I don't think you need to do this, you know, TV arc. Like, I don't want that to be the first thing. I don't want that to be our introduction for you to, to, very wise. to millions of people. I think that this should be the introduction. I was like, what? But the idea, dude, I 16, 17 years acting, little kid, you, you audition for whatever, you get yeah. the job, you fucking go and do the job. That's why you auditioned. What, 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 yeah. There's no passing on shit. You don't pass. It was so mind boggling to me. Yeah. It, that was my first experience with that. And it was fucking wild. That happened. I remember I got the, um, the v, a VHS copy of the movie and watched it obviously and watched it with like eddie and some of my la friends because at that point i started to get like a group of la friends and stuff and thinking it was good like okay this is pretty funny but it wasn't until i went home to jersey that christmas and saw my high school friends who were now in their sophomore year of college you know, everyone came home over Christmas and I had this VHS and they knew I was like shooting a movie out in L.A. And they, but again, I had shot movies before when I was in high school with them. I'd like gone and done a movie and they were like, Biggs, what is that movie? And I'm like, I don't know. I, maybe it'll come out. It was like it would never come out. It would just yeah. be, so they didn't. They were like, oh, Biggs, so that movie you did last summer. What, what is it? It was still called like East Great Falls High or something at that point. Oh, for real? They were like, is that shit ever coming out? And I was like, no, I really think it is. It's like a real studio is universally. And I was like, it's a real movie, I think, guys. And then I got the. <laughs> copy of the tape and i brought it home to show them that christmas and we went down into my buddy eric's basement and it was like a group of 10 of us our, our sort of guy group and girl group all came together it was like christmas eve maybe or something and uh to watch this movie and i sat there with them watching and i was so fucking nervous so nervous because they these are the people i'd grown up with all ball busters super funny yeah N nothing is off the table in terms of making fun of you or yeah. you know whatever there was like and i was just super like oh my god is this is, you know like i do some weird fucking shit like i think it's funny but what if they like look at this and they're like are you what the fuck did you do and i was just super nervous and they watched the movie and they start laughing you know early but the pie scene was where i was really like is this gonna dude what the fuck is this gonna blow up in my face or not and they saw i pie scene happens you know that first shot of me fucking the pie and there's like this pause this like silence amongst my friends and all of a sudden one by one they all bust out laughing just like lost it like holy fuck i cannot believe what i'm seeing <laughs> are you fucking serious bigs that is insane I don't know to this day if I've ever felt such like, like relief. Like there was, that was such a moment for me. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, and you know, not just because they were my friends. Also, it was our fucking demo. These are yeah. sophomores in college, right? Who are all off like, you who know. You want, who you want to enjoy the yeah. movie is mm -hmm. your friends mm -hmm. and they're fucking loving it. I was like, holy shit, man. And so that happened. And then, and then soon after that was the release of the Red Band trailer. So you know, now everything's internet. It's not, we're anesthetized. It's like, I don't even, I mean, you know, but at the time, and there was internet, but it wasn't, 
you know, like it is now. I obviously. remember, yeah. There was, but, there was, it was dialogue. Like chat rooms. Yeah. And there was like chat rooms. There wasn't like, you know, whatever. So it kind of did go quote unquote viral in, in for as much as it could at the time, but it was really word of mouth. They put a Red Band trailer out in the theater. So I don't you know, know what Red Band, and my friend's so, okay. Red Band, but I don't know what Red Band is. So, okay, so you go to a movie theater, uh, boom, a green thing. The whole screen turns green. With a writing, it says the following preview has been rated you PG, know, PG oh, yeah, for a, all the things. And it's green. You don't even realize. It. You just go, oh, it's a green thing. And then it's boom, into the Dr. Doolittle trailer. Or it's boom, into so wait, the, what is, into what the is Star Red Wars mean? trailer. So Red Band means that the trailer itself is rated R. That the trailer itself is restricted and can only be shown before certain movies. So, oh, so, shit. And it ne it's almost never done. So... When people saw a Red Band trailer, it fucking stood out. And there was the reason it was Red Band was because they decided rather than than uh, save it for the movie, you know, they would show a sh quick shot of me fucking the pie, figuring that that would buzz it up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it fucking worked. People started talking about it. People were like, yo, did you see that Red Band trailer? Oh, my God, did you see that movie with dude fucking a pie? Oh, and, and they, started. Oh, my God, I'm such a fucking idiot. What? I am such a fucking idiot. You remember it? Until no, I'm gonna say this, and you're gonna go seriously, Bert. I didn't realize the movie's called American Pie. I'm sitting. I had no. I, I have no fucking. Wait, what? I didn't realize. It just clicked to me that. Come on! I swear to you, on my fucking children, I swear to God. Oh my God! I just I never associated the title with that scene. Come I, mean, I swear to you, all my children. As you said that, I went, "Why wouldn't you put it in?" The name of the movie is American Pie. You were saying it's being called East uh, East High School. Yeah, but when they put out the trailer, they changed the name finally. But, to, but to what of it course they call it yeah. American Pie. Of course they put that scene in the uh -huh. Red Band trailer. Yep. I can't believe I never put two and two together. Yeah. I remember getting the call that they were because it was like, yeah, it changed. First of all, this the original script, the title was Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy that studios will probably hate, but we think you will love that can be made for under $10 million. That was the original WGA certified That's title great. that the script went out with. So already it was like that was the first, you know, that was the script that I got for this yeah. movie. So already from the title, I go. This is fucking cool. What the hell is this movie? So then it changed to like East Grand Rapids High. And then they didn't want to actually, because that's where the, the writer went was yeah. East Grand Rapids. And that's where it took place. But he didn't, then they had to change it for legal reasons to a made up name. So it was East Great Falls High. Then it was just Great Falls. And then finally it was American Pie. Wait, when did that, who named it that? So apparently it was Paul White's who came up with it. Paul White's one of the directors. And, uh, and then there was a whole thing with like, there was another movie called American Pie that was made the year before with, you ready for this? Yeah. This is the craziest fucking bit of trivia. Eugene Levy was in it. Are you serious? Was in a movie called American <laughs> Pie that's not actually American Pie. Uh -huh. And they and they like did a whole thing and they changed the name of that or it never came out or something happened Shut that they up. had to like kind of clean that up. And then I think there might've been something with Don McLean and his song. That's what I, that's yeah. immediately what I was thinking of when I heard American Pie, I went, wholesome american it's a piece of america i didn't i never the pie. i swear to god yeah. until you said and now i know that there's a fucking dickhole pie on the cover yeah i know that but i just never thought <laughs> that's so american funny. pie that's hilarious 
Yeah. So anyway, so all of those things, now the red band, and now there's kind of a bit of a buzz. And so I think your question was, did we know that it was going to be, you know, and at that point we started to like think, okay, this could, this could really be something. And then they like changed with, they changed the release date. It was originally going to be like in April, which is, you know, kind of a weird zone. They were like, we want this to come out in the summer. And they like picked a weekend in the summer and then it like got closer. And then another movie moved away from us apparently. Cause they, they and it, like all of these little signs started happening that we were like, Oh fuck, man, this is like going to be a, this could be a big that fucking was the movie deal. It was the movie of the summer. Yeah. And, and then I must've seen it in June of 99. No, July. Came so out it must've been in July. Yeah. yeah. I got my deal in June. I got, I got my deal in June. I probably met Will in July. Oh, so you probably you saw an advanced copy with Will. I probably saw, well, yeah. no, I mean, I, I'm I, I got my deal in June is all I remember, and I I don't know remember exactly when I met Will, but it was that summer of '99. That, that's when I I moved out to LA, uh, in like right after that. Yeah. So we opened against Will with you know the movie Wild Wild West. Correct. And we beat him. Oh fuck! I guarantee you, I saw an advanced copy. Because mm -hmm. that's why he was watching it, right? Yeah, I guarantee it. Because Wild Wild West hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And on when I on my first flight out to L.A., Wild Wild West came out, and uh, I made a joke to the someone who worked with Will, and I they said, I, they said, how was your flight? And I said, not bad. Wild Wild West was on it. And they're like, really? I was like, yeah. I was hoping for the plane to go down. <laughs> and I was a joke because I'd seen Wild Wild West in the mm -hmm. movie theater, and they were like, do not say that, to Will. And I was like, oh, I was just kidding. I'm not going to say it. They're like, no, just don't bring it up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I promise I won't. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, so crazy when I said I watched it been, with Will. You know what it might have been? It was either its first, it, it might have been its second week, whatever it was. We either knocked it off. Yeah. Or we beat it headset. One of the, it was either we both opened the same. I think we both opened the same weekend and we beat it. I think that's what it was. That's crazy. Oh, no. Yeah, that is what it was. And uh, oh, so here's what happened. We opened number one against Wild Wild West. The following week, Eyes Wide Shut came out and opened number one. We were number two. And then the third week, and this, I guess at that time, had like either never happened or rarely happened. We went back to number one because at that point, the word of mouth had gotten so crazy. So we, in our third week, we ended up back at number one, which was kind of fucking crazy. So, yeah, dude, that first Saturday... Came out Friday night, Saturday morning. At this point, I'm not living with that girl anymore. I'm, I have another buddy of mine, uh, not in the industry, who we had become tight. And we had a place in Santa Monica. And we were walking from the apartment um, to, uh, to go get uh, bagels or something. And we literally had, we had to cross Wilshire Boulevard. And we come to the, to the light, to the, to the, uh, you know, the crossing. And uh, the car stops at the red light. And we, we start walking across. And the car beeps, and then these dudes hang their heads out the window, and they're like, "Oh my god, dude, dude, do the dance, do the dance," <laughs> referring, I would assume, to the uh, to the dance they did with Nadia. Yeah, this was twelve hours after the movie opened. Oh, this wow. was the next morning from Friday night. That's the next crazy. morning, and me and my buddy were just kind of like, we both were just like, "The fuck." And we walked to get bagels and there was like, it was just this surreal kind of thing where he, I knew and he knew. And I think he said like, dude, your life, that's it. It's not going to be the same. This is, this is a, this is the moment 
this so is the day. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about timeline. I'll get you out of here. I don't want. Oh, you dude, to... I'm fine. Okay, I'm totally oh, let's fine. Talk I got plenty. I got plenty of time. Let's talk timeline of when things changed legit. Like, yeah. so you're in an apartment with your buddy. Yeah. How soon until you buy your own house or move in by yourself? So, so, uh, so that was that was um, so that was '99, July of '99. Uh, I get my first movie offer within you know the month I mean, okay yeah, okay yeah, you get, yeah. so you get a movie offer within a month yeah yeah and i'm and i'm filming within two or three months what movie is this uh i actually did two movies at the same time uh boys and girls with freddie prince jr yeah. and uh loser with uh mina um mina. and Savari, sorry mina Savari. Mina, Savari. Well, mina was in american pie okay yeah yeah, 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 yeah she yeah, played yeah, heather yeah. in american yeah. pie so now i'm doing this other movie with her but we didn't really work together in American Pie. I mean, we did, but we didn't. Yeah. She wasn't my love interest. And uh, so now I'm doing these two movies and this was crazy. So this, I go from, you know, uh, you know, having like no money in the bank, um, not knowing if I'm ever going to work, you know, to having this movie come out. I'm suddenly now I'm casting these two other movies. And they're, uh, they're greenlit because of you. And they're greenlit because of me. And, uh, and I'm they worked out a skit. They were both filming at the exact same time. And so they worked out this thing where um, they and they were filming. One was in Toronto and New York and the other one was in San Francisco and L.A. a little bit. And I would basically there were I would say about five times during the, the, the filming of these two movies where um, the studio paid to fly me in a private jet by myself um, from one set to the to the other coast to wake up and go to the next set i was 21 going this is absolutely bananas what has happened this, like it was just so weird and mind-boggling to me i remember so the movie with boys and girls was actually part of a deal actually okay so so i actually signed a two-picture deal with harvey weinstein oh. at miramax um miramax dimension but right before american pie came out so to his credit harvey <laughs> <laughs> harvey was like dude you're gonna you're gonna fucking be something and i want to fucking lock you down and i so signed a two-picture deal with him put that for someone working like you don't have to say like numbers but put that in perspective six figures six six, figures. six mid like mid six figures yeah. um for two movies i was like what the fuck you know i'd gotten scale for american pie um i was like yeah of course and it was like yeah. to be to be determined movies by the way and then the first one right after american pie came out that he wanted me to do was this movie called boys and girls it was a supporting role to freddie which you're you're like i'm uh, I, I, in my i'm gonna say in my head mm -hmm. you go fuck yes yeah yeah of course. okay doesn't hit if it's not a hit no harm no foul a million percent. i just get to love acting a million percent and it was a fucking funny role i killed it like the movie was not good my experience in it was great. I came in, I fucking killed it. But what was interesting was at the same time I'm doing this supporting role in Boys and Girls, I'm flying in private jets the other way, you know, to to do the lead role in this movie, Loser, directed by I, Amy Heckerling. I, I saw a loser. What was it? I, I saw a loser. I, me I remember the poster too. Yeah. It's like, like me. Like going like Weird this. hat yeah. with the L in my forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, um, what were, yeah. What were you? Were you, were you Canadian or something? <laughs> dude, I don't. Midwestern, like yeah. weird. Dan Aykroyd played my dad. I don't know, man. The, it was sort of 
it was a the whole thing was weird but i was just like holy shit this is absolutely bonkers and i remember i remember there was a, a day where i had a fly at night in a private jet from toronto to san francisco and i like landed in san francisco whatever time and went right to set and i remember being with freddie on set that day and it was like between takes and we were shooting the shit it was like me him and the director and he was like kind of aware that i was doing something else but he was you know the lead of this movie and he was yeah. doing his own thing and so i would kind of come and go because i was supporting anyway so um i just remember talking to him and he was like uh He's like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you have, you have off, you working tomorrow, whatever, whatever the conversation was, I got to, oh no, I have to get back to, I'm flying right from set. I got to go back to Toronto to film tomorrow in Toronto. And he's like, oh, well, I think we're going to be done super late here. Like, what time is your flight? And I had told him, well, there's a, there's a jet waiting for me. And he was like, what? <laughs> like he was like, wait, wait, what the fuck? You have a jet waiting for you? Like, I was just his supporting, like, dude, yeah. I've never done, you know, I was like the, the American Pie kid, but, you know, he was Freddie. He was already, like, dude, uh, he yeah. was Mr. Romantic Comedy, teen romantic comedy lead guy. He'd been doing it for a few years, making seven figures. He was the guy. And then here's Biggs coming in, and I'm like, yeah, I got a jet waiting for me. Did like, you ever fly with other people, or did you just fly by yourself? Uh, I flew... I, for those back and forth, it was always by myself. Fuck. It was so surreal. Me and two pilots. It was it was fucking. I was These just like, pilots what? must have been like, who the fuck? Is who this the fuck child? is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> who's this child I'm flying? By the way, that was the other thing. I was so young. I was a fucking kid. Yeah, who's this kid I'm flying <laughs> flying around? It was so fucking weird, man. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so that so then my buddy and I who shared an apartment. He was kind of a hustler and kind of had a bunch of things going on himself. And and uh, he was like, dude, we should buy a house together. You got some dough. I got some dough. Like, let's buy a house. And I was like, OK. So the first house I bought was with him. Really? He and I, we did actually, it work out? It actually did. It oh, actually wow. did. If you can believe it. I know. Normally I was. And, and even as I went into it. Because now I just gotten a business manager because I was like, holy shit, I got this dough and I don't. Because by the way, before that, literally, even after American Pie, I remember American Pie came out or I shot American Pie, sorry, and I made a little bit of dough. I mean, it was scale, for, but it was still scale for a movie. It was like, oh, cool, man. I got like, you know, whatever it was. I don't even know what scale for a movie is. At the time, it was like uh, it was like 50,000 or something, okay. which is, you know, after taxes, whatever. I mean, I put 15, 20,000 dollars in the bank, maybe more, 30,000, yeah. whatever it was. And I was like, whoa, dude, this is fucking crazy. I bought the following things. I bought a queen bed. <laughs> I bought a fucking big television. And I bought a Toyota 4Runner. And I remember I still had to, like my money was still, like my mom was still on my accounts. Like from when I was a kid actor, like it was still the yeah. same sort of joint accounts. And I remember being at the Toyota dealership, you know, right after American Pie going, yeah, I want to buy this fucking car. And the guy's like, okay, here's what we could do. And I was like, yeah, okay, great, perfect. Let, let's do it. And then he's like, okay, we just need to. And I was like, oh shit, I got, hold on, let me just, I just got to call my mom real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I need a check. And I was like, oh yeah, of course you do. Right, right. Uh, you know what? Uh, give me one second. And I like go and like deal with that and like have her co-sign. It was a whole fucking thing. Uh, 
So then anyway, I got these other movies and I was like, okay, I guess it's time to like properly cut the cord, leave the nest. And I got a business manager and started, who started dealing with all that stuff. Where was this first house? So the first house was in Century City and <laughs> it's so random. Okay. And it was in this little neighborhood between just north of, it was just off of Olympic Boulevard by that Ralph's next to Fox. You know that Ralph's on Olympic? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So it was right across the street from the Rouse. This little neighborhood there. It's cute. You know, yeah. Century City, Chevy, not quite Chevy at Hills, but whatever that is there. Yeah. Weird little zone. And um, it was like the first house right off of Olympic. So it was like loud as shit. But it was this beautiful old house and it had it was already separated. It was like a duplex. So it had two different entrances, two different sides. And each was two stories. And... So we each kind of had our own space and we went we went even on it. We went halvesies on it. And and uh, then I put a little bit of money into my side, like I redid the bathroom and it ended up being great. Like we fucking would party there. We He would come over to my side. I would go over to his. We would hang. We kind of did it up for, for a while. It was kind of dope. Really? And then about we had it for maybe two, two or three, two years or so. And then I remember when I was in New York doing The Graduate, like in 2002, so that was probably 2000. So yeah, for about two years, we had it. And then I was in New York for like, I ended up going to New York for like a year and a half. So I did The Graduate and for like a long time. And then I did this Woody Allen movie and I just ended up being there and renting I remember that there. Woody Allen movie. What was that called? It's called Anything Else. Yep. And then while I was there, he was like, dude, I think we should sell. And I was like, okay sure i'm not even there so yeah, yeah. if you want to list it and like we ended up making a little bit of dough really ended up being okay yeah and we're still friends to this day um that was my first place then i was in new york so now i sold this house basically in absentia so i wasn't there but you know dealt let him sort of deal with everything all of my shit was put into storage and then i was in new york for like a year and a half and then after i finished there I came back out to LA, just broken up with this girlfriend, and I was like a free man. I was like the first time where I was like, holy shit. And, I, and at that point, I'd signed up for now the third American Pie. I mean, we did those first three in pretty quick succession. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, what was that? What was the, I, I know for rumor has it, I won't say I know for certain. I won't say that. I, I'm not saying for certain, mm -hmm. but, I, but rumor has it that, uh, like Zach Galifianakis, and they did the Hangover. Mm -hmm. They got paid scale, obviously, mm -hmm. and then to secure them for the next one, they just gave them all three million dollars. Mm. They were like, "Hey guys, here's three million dollars. We had a good summer." Yeah. Was it like that with American Pie, where they were like, "We have a hit on our hands. We're gonna do a second one. It's time to negotiate offers." Yeah. Here's what was interesting. What happened? So when we signed when we signed our contracts for the first one, we actually there was a sequel clause in it. So really? technically, we all had kind of signed up. Now, what was interesting was because of the success of the first one and because I feel like actors had way more leverage back then yeah. and studios were paying way more money back then in general, uh, we, my agents were like, well, we're going to renegotiate that. I'm like, wait, we can't. It's contract. Like, it's, you know, it was like, by the way, it was already a big number. It was like I went from 50,000 to whatever, six figures, you know, it was like, yeah tripled it or something and i was like dude that's fucking cool and he's like no we're gonna do a lot better than that and i'm like okay go for it he's like but you may have to be willing to be like i'm not gonna show up and i was like uh again like going back to like you're gonna pass on this i'm like wait what <laughs> what are you talking about i'm yeah. gonna fucking pass you know so when he was like well you may have to like not you know like we'll see we gotta like stand firm but we should be able to get you a lot more money and i was like uh okay please don't upset anyone yeah oh. you know like i really want to do this <laughs> don't you know 
but it worked out, man. And they like, they were able to not only get a good paycheck there and like back end stuff, but then for the third one, I think there was even like a third clause or something that they got rid of entirely or something like that. So that when the third one came around, that's when it was like off to the races kind of thing. And so I came back to LA after being in New York for a year and a half, doing Broadway, uh, doing the Woody Allen thing. Now with this big American Pie 3 deal happening. And I was like, all right, what's in it? And I, my girlfriend and I had just broken up. I was like, it was like a good time to be in LA. And I fucking went nuts. I bought a house, bought a house up in like Beachwood Canyon. Oh, fucking got a car, got like new car. I just got everything. It's just like, what kind of car did you drive when you were out here? I was an Audi when I, when I first got, that was my, so I had the forerunner, ended up bringing that back to Jersey and ready for this. My dad still drives it. It's for real? in Jersey. It's still in our fucking driveway. My dad still drives it. 1999 Toyota forerunner limited uh, Hunter green. That's so crazy. My, my wife's dad still drives. We have it. We bought a when we first got married. My wife, I had a an an S no a navigator. I've been mm -hmm. someone that has always pissed away money. Yeah, uh, I live. I was. I had a business manager call me and ask me if I was sick one time. Oh my god! I was like, what? And he's like, is, is there something you want to tell me? Like, are you sick? You're spending like, money like you're gonna die in. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you have terminal cancer. He's like, you're you're tearing through money on like on purpose, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> Do you know you know what I used to do to make myself happy? I'd go to Sports Chalet and the Beverly Connection uh -huh. and just buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> stuff I didn't need. Yeah. I have so many basketball jerseys. I could just be like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah. I but I didn't I'm not I've never been good with money. That's why I don't know how much money we have. I don't look at our money. I get we have a meeting where they tell me they show me a graph of how, how much money we made compared to all the years I've been with my uh -huh. guy. And I just as long as the graph's going up. As long up, as the graph's good. going up. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. So so what was the like how how quick was the jump from from uh American Pie loser uh uh two guys uh, not two guys a girl boys um, and girls yeah boys and girls to hey guys oh also I'm like a legit fucking actor like I'd also like to do that like I understand that uh, these are all summer blockbusters like I want to do art I want to get on Broadway I want to get do Woody Allen like I mean what was that how did you because when I saw you in Woody Allen I remember being like oh what, what's he doing in a woody out like oh and then like the conversation came up oh he's like from new york like he's like uh mm -hmm. he's like a legit actor i think i was working with louis ck mm. that weekend and it what was that 2000 uh two um maybe three no 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 you're right yeah i shot it in like 2002 2003 yeah 2003 um i was yeah. working with louis ck in 2004 and we and woody allen was a huge influence of his yeah yep. and i brought up that and louis was like i think louis was like no he's like a it's like a th like there, an actor. Are, there are people yeah. that act in sitcoms that can also act like yeah. just it's just i think you're compartmentalizing what you see as movie stars versus actors yeah yeah and i was like oh so how yeah. how did that transition go oh you know um it's funny that you yeah it it's um my well, my reps, first of all, were pretty great. They were super conscious of my path. Like they were all I mean, same reps you came out to L.A. with. No, that's the thing. So I got all new reps out here in L.A., but they were all CAA. All, uh, no, it was um, a, well, it was innovative artist for for a while and Management 360. And then it was UTA Management 360. Yeah. You know, Cotty used to work at Management 360. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Did you I'm know still that? with him? Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. Wait, uh, who is the. Uh, who who is is that? 
Who is Management 360 now? So it's like, well, I mean, the big names there, of course, because of uh, Game of Thrones are uh, Gaiman, Cassidy, and um, yeah, Gaiman, Cassidy. Right. Then there's... Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't anyway, matter. We're yeah, losing yeah. people. Yeah. So, anyway. wait, so you, uh, yeah. So, um, so they like, they, but they knew about my past. They knew that I was more than just like this, like goofy teen comedy kid. I felt like they always, and I, and I was very clear that I wanted to do more than that. But the problem, of course, was that the more of those I did, the harder it became. And then in 2003, um, I ha the 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 um the graduate came up, and I was like, I I want to do that so badly. And I had perfect a, casting, but I had to go through the whole thing, man. Like that was not a like, oh yeah, he's a legit actor. I know him from whatever. He's done Broadway before. It was like, oh okay, he's the American Pie kid. Like we got to see it, you know. And I was more than happy to. I, I I went in and I, speaking of an audition, man, that I don't, I mean, I prepared for that audition. I was living in LA at the time, but the audition was in New York and I flew myself to New York. And I remember on that flight, just fucking eating those sides up, just like ingesting them. This is like, this is my fucking part. I'm going to kill this fucking audition. There's not one syllable I'm going to get fucking wrong in this audition. And I went in, I landed, had I think one night, you know, and then the next morning not to, not to yeah. derail but when you prepare for an audition do you call up an acting coach do you have a friend you read it with or you just memorize the lines i just memorize the lines oh i've been doing this so wrong you know but that's not to say that i couldn't use help from somebody no 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 I mean, no, no you know like on. i i just for for me i've always been it's weird it's funny you actually asked that because jenny who's not acting anymore but who uh when i met her she's she was an actress and she did go to theater school and she does read with people and she does collaborate. And for me, from the time I was five, it was like, okay, Jason, you have an audition. And my mom would, you know, my mom would, you know, get the facts of the audition pages, you know, uh, movies like, you know, I auditioned for fucking everything, man. Uh, you know, um, big, <laughs> uh, leap of faith, uh, uh, Adam's family. I just countless the Brady Bunch movie, all these fucking the fax machine. My mom had a fax machine just so that I could get these sides sent to me from my agent in New York, and I would just pull them out of the fax machine and I just go in my bedroom by myself. My mom wasn't gonna like I just did them, and so I just trained very early, like just kind of. I just have a I just have my thing that how I do it, and it's very, uh, it's very. Um, uh singular and 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 by myself and so but jenny you know like i'd get an audition you know i'd be like maybe i have an audition she's like oh let's read it and i'm like uh i don't know but now i've loosened up a bit i will read with her to make sure that i know my shit and um but i still for the most part then she'll like give me a note and i'll be like no i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it <laughs> i don't want to hear it i gotta go away i got I, nope i uh, sorry i got something else in my head and that just fucked it up and bye i gotta go uh but anyway so that was yeah, so so I still had to like prove it, man. It's funny, like the more of those movies that I did, and the, you know, the 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 more sort of famous I got, and the richer I got, and the da 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 da, all those early two thousand years when I was a fucking like legit dude in movies, um, it just was also at the same time, you know, making it harder for me to do these other things. If there was like a dramatic role, you know, I sometimes they'd be like, no, we don't even want to see him. I'd be really? like, no, 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 guys, 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 guys. Really, I could do it. Please let me go in. And I, I, I had a fight for a lot of that shit. Not complaining. No, no, right. It doesn't. And, and I have yeah. no regret. People are like, oh, do you regret? Do you think you know, like, you know? I mean, Heath, Heath 
you know, Ledger, he fucking did uh, 10 things. And then he was like, I ain't doing that movie again. I'm not going to do that kind of movie again. Now, I'm not comparing myself to Heath. Heath is one of the best actors of my generation. Uh, but there was a conscious decision on his part. He could have kept doing fucking movies like that. He could have become Matthew McConaughey doing all those romantic comedy things, Fool's Gold and all the whatever. whatever oh, yeah, Fool's he Russian, yeah. All that shit. He could have made gazillion dollars right out of the bat doing all that shit. And he was like, nope, sorry. That's not my fucking bag. I want to do this shit. I want a cowboy I... to spit on his dick and put it in my ass. <laughs> Such an aggressive scene. Dude. <laughs> Such an aggressive fucking right. scene crazy but but that but like by the way i in my the way my brain works artistically put me in a fucking hole and i'll stay in that hole my whole life i'm cool with it yeah but like I, i'm not i don't need to be i can just like i don't need to i don't need to ever prove myself seriously but that's a, you're you're hitting on something as well which i was which i was just gonna yeah. get to which is even though I know I can do that other thing, I feel confident and, you know, and then, and then the graduate came up. It wasn't as much, oh, you know, I got to do that because I don't want to just be known as this guy. I got to prove something over here. It was more like, oh, the graduate's a fucking great role. I would love to yeah. be on Broadway again. I haven't been on Broadway in 10 years. Oh my God, this role is fucking killer. It was never like a real conscious effort on my part. Because I was super happy doing Saving Silverman and fucking Loser I and all about those Saving things, Silverman. you know. But like, I was stoked. Jack on... Black was in that, right? Yeah. Wasn't what wasn't who was the... Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn, and then the chick was that fucking Amanda Pete show. Amanda Pete. God damn it, she's yeah. so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Amanda Detmer was the other girl. It was Amanda a cool cast. Detmer's yeah. gorgeous. They're all fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Mid roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is the best fitness tracker out there and collects physiological data 24-7 to provide the most accurate and actionable understanding of your body. It measures things like resting heart rate, heart rate variability, sleep, recovery, and strain. This mountain of data is analyzed by Whoop's algorithm that then pluck out the most important factors to help you change your daily behavior. Some of you might remember the role Whoop played in our Sober October Challenge this year when I wore it the whole month to see the impact that no booze, no bud, no nothing lifestyle had on my body. And in those 30 days, I was blown away by what Whoop told me about sleep. I do not sleep enough. As a matter of fact, on the road, I was averaging such little sleep, it bothered me. The real-time feedback and recommendations on how to live a better lifestyle life in all in general are incredible i still wear mine today i don't have it on it's charging right now i swear to god it's charging whoop works with the best from the nfl to crossfit to the navy seals but the insights apply to all of us see how your body responds to stress good and bad and then adjust to make tomorrow better than yesterday think about the differences it'll make in knowing not only how your body feels every day but why it feels that way with the data about sleep strain and recovery to make better decisions go to whoop.com right now and use the promo code bert at checkout for 15 percent off your membership today how often do you say i slept horrible last night or it took me forever to fall asleep or i couldn't even get back to sleep if you aren't sleeping well or if you're worried about sleep aids you should explore cbd for sleep cbd is the natural extract from cannabis there's no high it's legal 
and you don't need a prescription from cbddistillery.com. But can CBD really help you get better sleep? In a blind survey, 9 out of 10 CB distillery customers said they slept better with CBD. 9 out of 10 is impressive. Bottom line, if sleep is important to you, you owe it to yourself to explore CBD. And with a, over a quarter of a million customers, CB Distillery is the source you can trust. Explore all amazing products at cbdistillery.com and get 20% off when you enter BurtCast at checkout again. Enter BurtCast for 20% off cbdistillery.com. That is cbdistillery.com for 20% off. Enter BurtCast at checkout, cbdistillery.com. That's, can I tell you, I'm, by the way, I'm not woke at all. You're not going to hear any wokeness out of me. I am fucking just regular. One of the things I think that's cool about what's happening in Hollywood where they are giving women more of an opportunity to stick around, it seems like, it seemed like you watch Happy Gilmore, you watch fucking Stripes, you watch any of these movies, and it feels like women were always an arm piece. Mm -hmm. And you look at, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know much about what, where Amanda Peet and Amanda Deppner are doing, but I remember seeing them. Uh, 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 Nadia. Uh, which, yeah, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my entire fucking life. And and it seems like men men have always gotten an opportunity to start a fire and let that fire build and grow mm -hmm. for their entire career. And women got a chance to be a red hot flame for a minute, and then they had their time was over. And it's time for another young piece of ass. Yeah, I love that, and I love that. Like right now, my favorite SNL cast members are all women. Yeah, totally. like I love that, and I, I I don't. I hope that people don't hear me trying to advocate. I hope you just hear what I'm saying and going. It sucks that someone like Amanda Pete. Just, I mean, by the way, I don't, I don't really know what she did with her career, but I'm, um, but I'm saying like, that she's still not that I, I'm not watching her tonight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I do know what you mean. It's, um, it's, it's true. I mean, I fucking I, Alicia Silverstone, fucking, yep. uh, 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 I, I know what you did last summer. What's that girl's name? Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh no, 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 no. Who the other one? Oh, uh, uh, who's the other one? The, the, no, the other one where uh, the other Nef scream, Campbell? scream, Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell. Yeah. It's like the second Nev Campbell wants to do something serious and she wants to do a ballet movie, the everyone ballet writes movie, her yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it fucking, that has always irked me because, and I'll tell you why, as a mediocre looking guy, I look at, I remember thinking of the two cops from Stripes, those two women. Uh huh. And I was like, I was like, I'd marry both of those women. Yeah, yes. Like, why aren't they movie stars? Yeah. Fucking, like, all the women that have been in Adam Sandler movies, I would marry all of them. Yeah. Why heartbeat. aren't they movie stars? <laughs> yes, They're totally. the most beautiful women in the world. Yep. But you it's only so get like true. one Halle Berry. One, you know, it's it's yep. just so crazy to me. Yeah. Well, Stripes makes you think of like Goldie Hawn. Like there's one of a generation. There's one. They, they give, only gave one. They allow one. one. They allow one. It's like uh, Neil Brennan had a great speech about, about black comedians. Uh, Dave started in the time where they only allowed one person, one black guy to be famous at a time. Now they allow three. <laughs> but it's like, it's like there should be more when i say diversity in projects diverse like do as many different projects i think the people will watch them i did not mean to go off on a soapbox no dude but you but you were saying yeah no i just you know for Sadie me Silverman, that was for me movie. it wasn't ever really about oh god i have to make a conscious you know effort here to try to do something different or else i'm only going to be known as this guy i was stoked and still am stoked to mm -hmm. be known as that guy um and there and, you, and yeah. by the way now more than ever because now that i have you know uh you know, it's been 21 years since the first movie, first American Pie movie. And, uh, you know, 
personally, you know, family and all just life, life happened. Right. And, uh, you go, Holy shit, man. I, I'm uh, the fact that I'm still here, right. Hanging out, talking uh, to you, talking about a new project I'm working on, which we'll get to, uh, is fucking incredible. It's so against it is, the odds. It is so against the odds. And by the way, I knew, I, 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 again, I'd already, when American Pie hit, I was already, and maybe this is part of the reason why I'm still here now. Because when American Pie hit, I had already seen the ups and downs. I already had that TV show when I was 12 that I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm on TV, man. Holy shit, I'm Corey Haim. This is gonna be the next fucking dude. Yeah. And it was canceled. And it was like, I was recognized like in my local mall for like one one night. And then I was like, it was gone. And I was back to being a fucking eighth grade loser. You know what I mean? So like I had these moments already where it was like ego was checked. Like, yeah. fuck you. This industry is fickle. Right. It's like not a guarantee. Nothing is a guarantee. So when American Pie hit, it was still like, OK, man, I might as well enjoy this shit while it's here. Did all those movies fucking love every second of it. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I've just the whole time had in different doses, at the very least, some small appreciation and gratitude that I was actually able to fucking work, that I was still getting work. Now, what, you know, if you look at my sort of the last 21 years since American Pie collectively, you, you know, if you look at the resume, you go, oh, you've worked, you know, your IMDb says like every year you did something and da, 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 da. And it's like, but the truth is, there's been some real fucking lows in there too, you know, where like, you know, it doesn't say this on my IMDb, but there were 40 auditions I went on in a row where they were like, nope. And you, you do that shit gets in your head. doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank. doesn't matter how big of the hit. In fact, if anything, because you had that fucking massive hit, it fucks with you even more. Yeah. So you go, oh my God, is that, is that done? Am I never going to, that's it? Okay, great. I know I'm lucky. I know I beat the odds here, but is was that it? I got the taste, you know, 2000 to 2003, baby. And it's like, okay, that's it. You know what I mean? Like maybe, okay, great. But it fucks with your head, man. Yeah, I for bet. sure. I, I mean, I know. I can only speak to the, to just, I got so comfortable with failure that any bit of success, I started bracing myself for the failure. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember we shot, I did this man cave. So that when they built this man cave, it must've been, I don't know, 2009, 10 maybe. And I, they built it for me, uh, DIY networks did. Mm -hmm. And I was shooting Birth Conqueror. They were building it and Birth the Conqueror got canceled. Mm. And I, and I, and I, and they told me they were it was they were canceling it as they were building this, and I we were shooting it, and I, I was like I didn't want to tell anyone because I was like I was afraid they'd stop building, you know. Right. Yeah. And so, yes. so and we were shooting out at uh, Knott's Berry Farms, and <laughs> I giggle at this now because I know that of what a snob I am, but like they sent a town car to drive me from my house to Knott's Berry Farms and from Knott's Berry Farms back. Uh -huh. I got I got a town car. This is the day I found out, the day after I found out Birth Conqueror was fired, and I got the town car, and I thought, this was nice. I was like, this is my last town car drive. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never be in a town car mm -hmm. again. Like because I'm not gonna pay for this. I'm just gonna drive myself. But I go, I should really enjoy this. Mm. And I was like, I, I like sat back and I cracked the water and I had a mint and I went. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was like, you know, this is nice, man. I, I'm never gonna do this again. Blew your nose just because there were yeah, tissues there. Yeah. And then I came home and I was like, great. And then I and then and then I went and did Letterman and tra like I got 
uh, booked to do Letterman to panel just to sit on the couch. Okay. Ch- Bert Conker's already canceled. I know that. And so I fly out and I take a town car to LAX to fly to do Letterman. Travel Channel paid for it, even though my show was canceled. Uh-huh. Flew me first class and I thought, okay, this is the last time I'm flying first class. I should really, really enjoy this. Do Letterman, come home, have a cup of coffee sitting right there. And I went, I had a good run. It's back to stand up. We're going to put our nose to the grindstone. Hopefully we'll make something out of this stand-up career. Mm-hmm. TV's over for me. And I was like, I've always had that mentality of like, it was, it's was. it been a good run. I say that to Tommy all the time. I go, mm-hmm. to Tom Segura, Segura, I always go, yeah. I go, dude, give me like two more years of this. And he's like, Bert, you're going to do this for the rest of your life. And I was like, no, no, I know. But where we're at now. And he goes, listen, man, you're working too hard to fail. Like you're got, you just keep working, just mm-hmm. keep working. And now I look at it and I'm like, I, I, I know those. I know that lean year feeling. I know mm-hmm. that. I feel like that's all I've ever lived. Yeah. Part of it, though, too, for me, which is tricky. And so, you know, you've got you can you put your nose to the grindstone. Clearly, you're a fucking hustler. I gave you up. Were- I gave up on the on, on. I gave up on the concept of anyone being able to change my life. And I was like, I only I you can change it. Joe and Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. Joe a number of times pulled me aside and said you are in, on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. You can do this yourself. You can, if you focus on your podcast and you focus on your stand-up, that is your key to success. Get the fuck away from Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. Him and Bill one time said it to collectively. Bill said, what's your nut? And I was like, uh, he goes, tell me your nut. He's like, we're friends, tell me your nut. I told him exactly what my nut was and he mm-hmm. looked, did the map in his head and he goes, you can make that on the road and stand and podcast. We'll get you, uh, him and Tom and Joe, were all, Tom was like, I'll get you advertising for your podcast. I will do that. I'm, we're gonna get you out of this. Wow! It was like it was like all these great, great, great men pulled together. To that's like amazing. Lift me up. But you still had to do the work. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That that I love hearing that story. You know, because also, dude, this town is so fucking competitive, man. And 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 it, and I and it and it really can bring out the best and the worst in people. And so I love hearing that story. That's awesome. You know, for me, my problem has been um, partly because of just i think circumstances and habit i i grew up an actor for hire it's all i know since i was in fucking diapers wait for the phone to ring phone rings tell me where to go give me the work finally that's where i can start now i get the sides i can work read the script i can work go in do the audition that's my job and then again back to waiting by the phone and that's been my whole life and so, you know, I, I honestly, man, it's like been so hard for me to retrain myself to be proactive and to try to make opportunities for myself. Because you're married to that. I, I am married to that. My wife is that. Your wife is. My wife. Fuck you. Get out of my way. My I'll wife is so that. <laughs> and so and I'm not. I am fucking not. And so. um but it's and it's been hard for me at times because when I'm not working, I'm really not working, dude. Like, I mean, I have a hard time even like finding a hobby. I'm just like, what? Don't, don't, by the way, dude, don't even get me started. I, I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Meanwhile, Jenny, when Jenny's like not working, she's working. There's always something she's fucking working on. And it's yeah. impressive and it's amazing. And it's and it's mind boggling. And I'm envious and I fucking hate her for it. And I love her for it. It's my favorite quality about her. And it's also fucking annoying and all this stuff and i just have a mixed bag of emotions while i'm just sitting there going i hope my agent calls i hope i have a cool pilot this pilot season it's like and it's she and she more than anyone 
It's been like, dude, especially now, the industry has changed so fucking much. Oh, yeah. Problem is, literally it happened, it's it's generational, you know? you know? Not that my whole generation is lazy and actors waiting by the phone, but the generation right after me, Jonah Hill and all those guys. It's so funny, I thought of that. I thought of that today. I thought- Those are the guys. Those are, I think, the first real sort of group age-wise that were like, phone in hand, making fucking content. Here's what we do. Let's do this. Let's do a comedy group. Let's fucking perform here. Let's, uh, you know, oh, cool. Judd's, Judd Apatow created the show that we're on. Let's fucking follow him around. Let's make a movie with him. How does he shoot? How's, where you had a totally different sort of mindset. And now, forget it, the generation after that, it's all, everything is content. Everyone's made, now it's, you know, everyone can be a storyteller, in the, which is great for the most part. Um, problem is everyone also wants to become fucking famous and they can be. So now that's been a fucking problem is the way I see it with, with people on social media. But, um, but that didn't happen with me. And maybe I'm just making an excuse. Like no, at, no, at no, the end no, of the day, no. it's never too late. That's the thing. It's not too late for me to jump on that fucking wagon and fucking start being proactive and do a podcast or do my fucking film something or write something or do something. I just fucking haven't done it, man. It's like, it's hard. I've definitely, you know, I've collaborated more as I've gotten older. I kicked around some projects. I wrote with a buddy. It did some things more than I ever did when I was younger, but it's still like, it's still really hard for me. It's not organic. It's not like, yeah, dude, let's fucking da da da. I got this idea. I got that. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you, uh, awesome. And it really, in my head, I'm going, fuck, man, I hope I hear back about that fucking movie that I'm up for. Yeah. You know? And the part of the problem, not problem, I mean, obviously it's a good thing, but so far it's always worked out, right? Like, even well, you're really you know, the last couple of years, you know, it was like, I just wanted to do a TV show. I left Orange is the New Black, and what I really wanted was, what I really hoped for was to go from Orange is the New Black, which was a big hit, and I thought, for me, it was a great role. It did I did have some cool dramatic stuff to do, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to parlay this right into the next TV thing, you know? Golden age of TV. And it was fucking, it was slow, man. I just, my expectations were not met. I was really bummed. I went two, three years going, shouldn't I be on a TV show? What is happening? Like, why am I not? Yeah. But in the back of my mind, and then, but then I start, and then I start going, oh, okay, you know what? Fuck that. You know, why don't I do this? Why don't I, you know, you know, do this thing with Jenny? Why don't I write something? Why don't I fucking focus on this? Why don't I do a radio thing? You know, and, and then I start doing it. And then they, and then I get, you know, the next yep, TV show. Dropped. You get sidetracked with like someone going, hey, we want you on this project. Yeah. You're like, all right, I got to put out that on the back burner. Totally. Now. So it's always ended up weirdly working out for me. And so I'm very lucky that way. But at the end of the day, what you're looking at here is a fucking lazy actor. <laughs> <laughs> a lazy, good enough actor to keep fucking working over his whole yeah. life. But a lazy fucking actor. <laughs> and so... I'm madly envious of fucking hustlers and people that are making their own opportunities for themselves. Cause I wish I could do that as well. And in it's, a weird way, I haven't had to. Yeah. And it drives Jenny mad too. Cause she's like, well, you're fucking, <laughs> you, 
you know, yeah. where she has had to. And, she, and but but there's also way more pride for her that comes with that. I mean, she really fucking she's like went from doing one thing to going, hold on a second and just flipped her whole fucking life. All of a sudden she was in a generation of women who destroyed Twitter, Tw destroyed it, destroyed her. Just, yep. Uh, Jenny Johnson, high five Kelly, Kelly Oxford, who's the, still to this day. I look at her. I follow on Instagram. I don't like. I don't. I. I'm really kind of off Twitter. I. I'll, Same by I, the way. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. That might be for the better with you. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I was. I was wondering if you still because I have a buddy going through some really uh, bad shit on Twitter, no, man. And uh, and I was like, I was going to talk to you off air about it, but um, but no, but I to this day I follow Kelly Oxford. She is so beautiful. Yeah. She and by the way, she's one of the funniest fucking humans yeah. ever. Um. She has a new movie coming out. I'd like yeah, to see. Yeah, that she wrote and directed. Yeah, I'd like based to see that. Based on her, her, one of her books. Um, yeah, it's, uh, she She really was like one of those women um, that stood out and got this huge following and just killed it, man. She just, it's so funny because Jenny, when I met her, obviously she is super funny. So I meet her and we're laughing. She, I was like, oh, you're clearly hilarious. She's got ugly dude energy. Totally. I don't quite know what that means, but she's yes. like, I met, I remember the first time I met her and she like got up off the couch and went over and said, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I went, Hey, you're hot. You don't have to do that. Right. Like you just go like, Oh, hi. And I, and I'd be yeah, like, Oh it's yeah. It's the ugly dude that needs to put in the extra effort. Myself. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's like, funny. it's, and, and I, as long as I've, and my interactions with her have been limited, but like, she's a person that came over to my house for my 40th birthday yep. and sees a scar rolling thing and goes, hey, I want to learn how to roll a scar. Yep. yep. That's not hot chicks don't normally do that. Right. Yeah. She's totally exactly right. That's a great description. And so it was clear. You're like, oh, my God, you're cool. You're funny. You're, you know, but as an actress, she, you know, she had gone to theater school, UCLA, one of the best programs in the country. She was in, she's incredibly smart. And also the, and she was she's blonde. And so there was a <laughs> you're going to say blind. Keep she's going. blind. She can't see <laughs> out of the left eye. It's very. But um. No, but she kind of had this sort of like a little bit of a chip on her shoulder like hey take me fucking seriously you know i went to theater school yeah i'm blonde but i'm a serious actress and i'm fucking smart you know she like graduated ucla in three years like i'm smart i'm cool like i'm worldly like stop giving me don't i'm not the fucking dumb blonde in the fucking thing yeah. you know in the weird comedy and so she like so she kind of fought against that for for a while and as an actress it it was fine because you know she would get these sort of parts you know that were w more serious but it but it was you know but it's a fuck it was a fucking grind she's doing like you know a uh, epi couple episode arc on a tv show or she's doing that and she she works but it was like not and it was it's just fuck it was fucking hard man it was a fucking grind and she's like this is just fucking worse what am i doing and you know it was there was that moment where with Twitter, when Twitter started happening, where, and I'm not going to take credit for this, cause, but, but I remember for so long also saying to her, like, you're so funny. You're fighting against it. You're not letting, you're not um, uh, uh, nurturing that side of you. How you are normally in person is fucking brilliantly hilarious. Where can that be? how do we exploit that and then twitter was like the perfect vehicle for her oh it was, it was perfect her, so she her, went from her like twitter was jenny and teats yeah 
So she went from, you know, doing a, you know, playing the uh, the 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 scientist who got raped on, uh, you know, NCIS to, um, you know, and having like a crying scene in the hospital bed, you know, for two scenes and then whatever to, you know, becoming one of the funniest women on Twitter and, you know, overnight and all the like, you know, the lists that came out. You got to yeah. follow her. You got to follow her. And then to parlaying that into, you know, uh, writing articles and then books. I followed her on Twitter before I knew her. she was Sam's sister. Yeah. And I was like, so for everyone listening, just to be, I, I, you're probably a little confused. My sister, Cotty, is best friends with Jason's wife's sister, yeah. Sam. Yep, my sister-in-law, Samantha. And so, yeah, so I, the the first time I met you was with, um, and Cotty used to work at 360 Management, which yep. managed Jason. And I, first time I met Jason was at my sister Cotty's wedding. Yes. And so, and but, but, so that it's, and, and when I say Cotty and Sam were best friends, like they were like inseparable oh, yeah. up until they started having kids. And yeah. so, uh, but I followed Jenny on and I didn't know, the connection. Yeah. I think I read a tweet out loud, and Cotty goes, "You know that's Sam's sister, oh, that's right?" That's funny. And I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" But yeah, I, I mean, those women proved, like, broke down the stereotype that women are funny. A million. I mean, to the point where the 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 I think the rub is only men think women aren't funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it's like it's like. Only like meathead men think women aren't funny. Well, especially because... beautiful women. You're like, oh, well, you're pretty. You're oh, not funny. Oh, by the way, every single one of them is a smoke show. Smoke show. Every so it's like, but it's like you go, oh, you're, you're either funny and whatever, or you're like beautiful. Kelly you're Oxford not... has a joke I still think of today because my daughter's, uh, maybe I should pump my brakes on this. I'll just say this. I'll just say the joke. I'll just say the joke. She goes, uh, menstrual pat. Women who uh, pads are meant for women who want to smell their menstruation, and I just was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" I started that. I was in Omaha, and I retweeted it, and then she, I, I, I didn't even retweet it. I just reworded it, yeah. or reput it, and then tagged her in it and said, "This is the funniest thing I've ever heard." And then she direct messaged me and was like, "Where did you see that?" And I was like, "You wrote it somewhere." She was like, "I know, but I don't think I ever tweeted it." And I was like, "I read it somewhere." in one of your writings maybe in like her oh. blog or something she goes oh my god that's fucking amazing thank you and i was like i still to this day our dog is obsessed with fucking menstrual pads <laughs> really yeah. fun gets them out of the trash gets them out of the trash yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're yeah. like chewing on a fucking yeah we oh. we one of uh was it teats that uh oh no teats <laughs> ah, teats teats uh ate condoms used condoms and, oh, and, poop, and poop, oh. pooped them out that might be the best reason i've ever poop, heard to start poop, a family pooped out condoms so so tell me about the new project so uh outmatched it's a multi-camera sitcom uh, i'm already in love with this live audience i'm which, already in love with which this for me shoots in new york shoots here shoots oh, here okay. so i've been commuting i go home every we do our live show on Friday nights and I fly, take a red eye home and then home for the weekend and I come back on Sunday or Monday. Um, but it's, uh, dude, it's so much fun. It's the first show, that first show when I came out here when I was 12, which was also for Fox, which was the first and last time that I worked for Fox until now, um, was live audience. And I remember doing it and just being like, this is fucking cool. What a, what a cool thing this is. Um, you know, just having that feedback and playing off of them. And, and also, you know, multi, the multi-camera, it's, it's, um, there's a very, it's a song. You're singing a song. It's a, there's a rhythm to it that, you know, 
you kind of drop into and you can play with it a little bit, but for the most part, the writers have written a certain song and 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 you gotta you gotta sing it. And you can play with cadence and you can play with timing to try to get that laugh bigger than, you know. And it is um for me, that is co- comedically and technically, it is the most fun. I just absolutely love it. I love coming in. I love trying a new delivery. I love finding where the pauses are. I love finding where the it's just so much fun for me. And, um, you know, and I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a dying art in a way. I think it's I, I've, I, I've, I've, I've been very vocal to everyone on my team that I want to get on a multicam. We have a multicam that I that we've that is written and we're, I think we're shopping this week. But I love multicam for me is so much. It's the only thing I've ever really done. But it's what I enjoy. But it's also great for comics, it's too, because comics. it is about yeah. delivery, man. And it is about it's joke telling. But again, like, you know, the more like with any comedy, the more and I've seen your stand up and you do this, the more you ground it in reality and the more you come across as a fucking human being instead of a joke robot, the, the bigger the laughs are going to be, the bigger the payoffs. Uh, you're going to earn it. It's going to be it's just going to be better television. And so. I, I just love it, man. I really do. And we happen to have a great group of writers. What's the premise of the show? I, so the premise is uh, we, my, um, Mike and Kay, myself. Have four fucking kids. We have four fucking kids, three of whom are geniuses. So we're just like blue collar, working class, high school sweethearts, had, had kids young, Atlantic City suburbs. And um, we, had the, we had these four kids and three of them were like off the charts genius. So it just takes that idea you know, of parenting being so fucking, yeah, you know, it's like already. Wait, was the fourth kid? Just... Oh, not genius. Yeah, she's our favorite. <laughs> so she's the one with the like the, the, the one liners. She's just like an idiot. You know, she's oh, great. great. She's this little dummy and we love her. Um, who plays your wife? Maggie Lawson, who is uh, hilarious. She was on that show Psych forever. Um, she's been around forever, man. We've been. It's funny. We have so many people in common. That's crazy. But we have, we never worked with each other. I'm trying to see Maggie Lawson. Yeah. Oh, I saw, oh, she's the chick from Psych. That's what I just said. You didn't hear me? Oh, no, but I didn't. I don't know the show. <laughs> I was the black dude and the white guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then her. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm, 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 I might be like your kid, the fourth kid you have in your TV show. <laughs> yes. With American Pie, because you fucked a pie. That, that by the way, still blows me away that that was a real I just, moment I'm, that we I just had. I don't put two and two together <laughs> ever ever uh, it's so funny yeah so she's great so the two of us have these sorry i was putting myself to sleep with that answer i guess two of us uh have these kids and it's um and she's great at the multicam man she's her timing's fucking impeccable we're having a blast we're doing 10 episodes short short we came on mid-season so we're just doing a little are you seeing Cotty? does Cotty come out Cotty, i've seen a couple times she's popped by in fact sam brought the boys her boys to set let what hiatus last two weeks ago and Cotty, you know came yeah, of course yeah, we're yeah. shooting on fox yeah 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 and it's uh on the lot so it's uh yeah i've seen her a bunch it's great that's so fucking awesome yeah man. dude honestly it's um and 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 you know we touched on this earlier i just have such an appreciation for the fact that i can still fucking work period uh i think that's why you work i think it's the people who never who felt there's a thing in comedy of you watch these guys at 33, 35 pop, and they feel like, finally, I got what I deserved. Mm-hmm. And then they all just fade away. Yep. And they, yep. They're, they're assholes. They do things where they look at guys a little older than them. That, that By the way, I am the litmus for this. And I can list off names right now of dudes who uh, popped when I wasn't popping, 
uh, and I maybe I wasn't getting opportunities for whatever reason, or I was doing Travel Channel and I was putting myself on a back burner, whatever reason, and then guys judge you and they kind of write you off and and you, they don't make eye contact with you anymore. Mm. They look over your shoulder and they say rude things to you and 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 you you see who them who for who they are and then you watch mm -hmm. them fail and then you succeed and then they're really nice to you all of a sudden and you're yeah. like, hey man, yeah, I'm never gonna forget. The, I'm never, I, mean, I saw the wolf pause when you put on the sheep's clothing. Yeah, like I'm yeah, not. Right. I'm sorry, brother. Like yep. I got my group of friends. They've been cool with me since day one. Look, I, I obviously I'm, I have a podcast with Tom, Tom Skur and I. There's no. It's so funny. We're. I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll release this probably next week. I don't know if Tom and my podcast will have come out yet. But I'm gonna. We are obsessed we don't have hobbies either <laughs> so um we we researched online hobbies that you could take up and so so we are we are turning ourselves into dandies what is a dandy <laughs> please tell me what a dandy is the greatest is. thing in the world a dandy uh, let me let me so that was one of the one of the hobbies where they were alphabetically it was like canoeing like the weirdest hobbies, bird watching, uh -huh. and then one is dandy, dandyism. And I was like, "Wait, what the fuck is that?" I, I'm gonna read the definition of a dandy. My vision is so bad. A man unduly devoted to style, neatness, fashion, and dress and appearance. It's the guys that wear monocles and oh top my god, hats no, no, and bow ties. Like the guys that dress, you see them, they're uh -huh. hipsters. They're dandies, and they they like. There's a dandy shop in Beverly Hills, like this guy who dresses like an old Southern dude. And so Tom like and Colonel I, Sanders, basically, yeah, like yeah, like get your beard trimmed a certain <laughs> way. So Tom and I are going to Beverly Hills next week, and we are going to a dandy shop, and we're buying full dandy outfits and seeing if we enjoy being dandies. Go out to lunch as a dandy. Come on. Oh, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. Dude, amazing. Yeah, like, amazing. We have a hard time. Are you time filming with... it or are you just going to uh, do it and I'm, then talk feel, about I've it? I've never done anything I haven't filmed in the yeah, past five yeah, years. Yeah. Okay. I Unlike you, I got to doing, when I was at Travel Channel and, and I felt like I was a gun for hire and I felt like I was better than that. I felt like I had said to them at one point, I want to do what Bourdain's doing. I don't want to just be a host that takes people on vacation. I want to be the guy people are tuning into. And Travel Channel said to me, you're no, you're no, you're no Bourdain. And I was like, wow. And in my head, I was like, that's how you see me. Like, okay. Like, so I'm your side bitch. Like, mm. I'm not your, okay. And then, uh, you know, luckily I got fired from there. And I said, I bet I can make my own stuff. And I started doing a vlog. And it's just like, I found these guys that I was into and I started doing a vlog. I started making content and I started to enjoy it. Now I make it on, now I, now I solely make it for marketing my stand-up for yeah. getting people to come because stand-up's what i love doing yeah. I, I mean i i would do stand-up for free i i'm, I'm yeah. going doing it tonight for free all right yeah doing four shows at the store where oh really yeah me tom joe uh delia uh uh Chris, tony rock's gonna be there it's it's, it's but it's like it's, it's like my favorite thing in the world is having a new joke i have a new joke about tom that uh that i can't wait i have a joke about me does and he tom know about being, it no 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 he had, and i'm gonna show it to him tonight me and him I have a joke about us being gay. We had a, we used to fantasize about what, if we were gay lovers, <laughs> and I have a joke that I can't wait for him to hear. And so like, and so I get excited about it. I wrote jokes today. I wrote uh, these these are jokes I wrote today. Um, 
Strip clubs are like soccer. Uh, you can't use your hands. No one scores. And it's better when they don't speak English. Um, uh, strippers. Yeah, I can't wait. Like I'm, And so so I got this joke, right? It starts with, it's, I, I, this is what I, I mean, like this is my passion is I'm laying, I'm sitting, on, laying in bed today, this morning, thinking of this thing. I have a joke where I say, some some strip club. And then I go, ooh, uh, strip clubs are like dolphin, or do, some dolphins. Dolphins are like strip clubs. Uh, you can tell they don't want to be there. The manager's like, ladies, we got customers. Everyone's like, can we touch them? And they're like, yeah, but don't put your fingers in their holes. And then and then the next one is uh, strip clubs. Because I went dolphin counters like strip clubs. Strip clubs are like soccer. And then and then the last one is strippers are like boats. Seems like a great idea at the time. But a year later, you spent way too much money on it. Your friends have all tried to get in it. And you got <laughs> You got to choke it just to get it to turn over. <laughs> so like, so like, I'm super excited Dude. to go up and try those uh, out. And so like, that's where my passion lies. So if if, that, if I'm about to fill an ice tub up with ice, and then take a video to promote tour dates, mm -hmm. I'll do that to get people to come see the jokes I enjoy writing. That's, that's the way amazing. my brain works. I fucking love that. It's like it's it's just, but it's out of necessity. It's I think I was not, I'm not a I'm I'm not a fantastic actor, and I don't. All I can do is do stand up, and stand up's a little bit as is is not as maybe as brutal as acting, but like, yeah. But you know, it's interesting because I, you know, I I love stand up, and I have crazy respect for stand ups, and I wish I could like it is one of those. I'm shocked you haven't. Done it's it one of those. I, what I've, it's interesting because I've done improv, I've done some like st storytelling stuff where i've kind of like prepared uh you know jenny tried it right yeah jenny jenny did a, a, a little bit yeah yeah I was gonna hers was also kind of storytelling what's that i was gonna have her open for me in irvine come work with me in irvine oh my god and i hit her up a couple times and she was like ah oh, that's a bad weekend yeah and i was like no i know what you're doing yeah yeah i, I didn't want it's scary yeah. sometimes too i yeah. agree she 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 similarly is like can write the hell of it she can you know do a whole funny thing i think the the format though is a little different than what is sort of traditionally you know the stand-up it's more of a you know th to there's those great spaces like you know like uh uh meltdown comics where you go in and you kind of do it's more of a storytelling format i've done that stuff and you know you find places for the jokes and yeah. the whole thing but but um but but the construction of a joke what you just showed me oh yeah and and code. how your brain worked to go from that to that to this to that I love that shit. I'm so impressed by yeah, it. Yeah, but that's that's that is I do that. I do those so I can tell the story. So like I see what you're saying and that I'm I'm a legit story. My new hour has five jokes in it. Right. So like and like my I, I, my average joke is like 7 minutes. Right. But in, but I found that in order to make sure I can carry them through needs to be a tad bit frenetic there's got to be a beginning middle and end i need to plant a few seeds i'm going to harvest at the end uh -huh. and it always works best if i can get them to forget we're telling something tell a joke and then bring them back right yeah and right. so like so i do that so you are storytelling i mean and i yeah. don't mean to and i don't mean to no but i've also been doing it 21 years and I, and it's like i didn't start storytelling that hour is like two jokes. stories and it's a bunch of jokes yeah uh uh, I don't. I can't even. I, I'm blind, but I, I'm trying to remember a joke. Oh, uh, perfect. Uh, if you ever fight with your wife, say twelve words. You are right. I am wrong. I love you, honey. You win. Go to bed happy. Don't fight. And then that night while she's sleeping, cut her hair. Like those, like little <laughs> misdirections. And, but I, though, for me, what was happening is that they were easily to take. People could take them, 
and, and use them uh, uh, and, and put their own spin on them. And it was like, it was Danisms. It was like, I was just recreating what Dane did. Yeah. And it wasn't until I told the machine story that I figured out my voice. And I was like, oh, I can legit sit up here for 13 minutes and tell a story. And if I, and I am being, I got to be 100% candid. It is Joe Rogan was the one was like, that's what you're, do you need to do that. That's what you do. Yeah. Like stop with the fucking shit anyone can do. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. And it's another thing. I think you said this is that you got to be like, you got to be comfortable doing your own fucking thing. You got to be like, you got to, you got to be able to say fuck you to everyone and be like, I'm going to get in a bucket of ice and take some pictures mm -hmm. and promote tour dates with it. I'm going to do that. And people will go like, I remember Sebastian Maniscalco one time was like, I could never fucking do that. I would never do that. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, because you, you got such a big audience. You don't need to. I need to. Mm -hmm. I, I needed to then it worked i'm gonna keep doing it now well the 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 the, the good news and the thing you you um why right now is kind of a great time is that there are no rules anymore there's no fucking rules there, Dude, there's absolutely I, I no rules put on a speedo and did a dance to post malone's wow and i sold my whole fucking tour out there you go and that there and by the way i i, I mean I, I don't wear a shirt on stage yeah like I mean, what the fuck yeah and I and I was I've been embarrassed of that. I'm gonna show you something. You go shut the fuck up. When we get done, uh -huh. I'll show it to you. But like, I, I it's dude, crazy. There is, is no rules. There's there, no fucking everything. Rules. Everything has changed, man. There's literally, and it's the internet. I mean, because of the internet, everything has gone out the window. The the sort of the norms, and particularly, I mean, by the way, in all aspects of life. Yeah. But as it comes to the as it pertains to the entertainment industry, um what used to be considered the normal routes that one would take or sort of the um you know the the you know the the boundaries that you needed to stay within if you yeah. were doing a certain type of thing or if you were trying to make a certain career path all that shit's gone there's no there are no boundaries there are no rules there are no boundaries it is each man for himself and the world is your fucking oyster. Just do whatever works, man. Yeah. And because that's the thing, no one knows what's going to work. So people don't, people, it used to be a time where it's like, no, this was what you needed to do to get to here. You do this, you do this, you do this, and then you get here. Assuming you have the talent to back it up. Now there, you know, now you say, I'm going to do this fucking silly thing. There's, you know, you don't go, what? That's fucking insane. You go, okay. Yeah. You know, you see people fucking, and now it's like, you know, in New York too, you just walk past people making content and you don't bat a fucking eye. It's crazy. You're just like, oh, you're okay. Instagram, you're just doing a whole thing right now. Great. Everyone's got fancier camera than, than, a, you know, than you would imagine a regular person would have, but they, but they do it and they're going to, you know, it's, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy, well, but dude. it's also exciting and it's fucking great for someone like you who's willing to fucking do it and take the chances and, and not, and feel comfortable in your own skin. Clearly you do. Um, and it's, and the payoff is, you know, it's potentially huge. Well, it's, what's the beauty of this conversation is that when I, and as we all do strive to get back to traditional media, do a multi-cam or do whatever, it's guys like you that we all call and we're like, Hey man, trying to sell a project could you do a cameo in it because it's not that good but i know you'll make it good right right right. <laughs> but funny. uh dude yeah. this has been awesome man so much fun man. i I'm, I'm telling do you, you remember hey do you remember um i was doing it was in 2008 i remember i was in new york and i was doing a play there but i was in my dressing room and i was doing a series of calls and i don't know what i was promoting but i was promoting something 
Maybe it was the play. It might have been, no, why would I be doing? No, it was something, some movie I had maybe coming up. But I remember it was in my dressing room and I was doing a radio tour and I was calling different stations around the country and I got to Tampa and you were in the radio station. Yeah, with Cowhead. Yeah. And we were talking and you were, and the, he was like, uh, hey man, so I think someone you might know is here. And I was like, what? What? He's like, yeah. And then you piped up and you're like, yeah, Burt Kreischer, I know Cotty. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. You remember that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's kind of, cra that's crazy. I was like, yeah, it's, dude. It, and it, it ended it, up being the most fun, like, cause you know, those things can be like, ugh, such a slog. You're just like, who am I talking to now? And then you go through the whole thing. Here, I remember that being so much let's fun. Let's call Cowhead and see if he remembers that. Fucking Cowhead's still one of my best friends. Is he? Yeah, I've dude, I, that guy. I've known him the longest I've known any, probably any radio guy. And he's coming out. We're doing this huge thing uh, for something for this thing. And he's coming out from Tampa. Let's see if Cowhead remembers. His, his, he goes by Mike Caltanel because oh. he's trying to brand himself <laughs> differently. But he's still Cal to me. Would Justin Bartha answer the phone if you called? Mm -mm. It's New York. Maybe. It's New York. Well, yeah, he's got kids. What time Fucking is it? dead to me, cowhead. Quarter to nine. Anyway, um, I yeah, I, I totally remember that. I could try him. No, 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 no. Why don't no. I try him and see if, if, if he, he remembers, remembers that, uh, yeah. that interview? But what if he's like, yeah, those guys were assholes. <laughs> um, 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 let me call him. Adam Richmond's coming to the show from Man vs. Food tonight. He's just texting me and he's bringing Simon Rex. No way. Fucking Simon Rex is beautiful. To he's, this a good, day, he's a good looking dude. He is a gorgeous man. Like superior male features. I expect to hear... Oh, we both. Wow, we both really need to reevaluate our friends. Christ. Well, I'll tell you what. If you ever call me, I'll answer. I promise. Every I appreciate time. that. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I can't. I can't guarantee the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. I wish I could. I can't. Fuck. I'm terrible. I'm really. That's something. That's. I feel like that's my New Year's resolution every fucking year since cell phones have been invented. Oh, I don't reply to texts. I, yeah, I'm just all of it. I'm just like. Ugh. I get, dude. I get fucking anxiety when I open every time I open my email, and there's like a bomb. I'm like, oh, fuck. I, gotta, I have I gotta so write many. Back the fucking... I have like eighty-seven thousand unopened emails. Dude, same. I just I don't like looking at them. I always I, people that work with me know if it's important, reach out to Leanne. Okay, Leanne will take care of it. That's your wife. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Some some lady. So it's just some <laughs> no, lady thing. No, it's Leanne will take care of it, and I just even on my voicemail, I go, I'm, ha I'm out of the country. Yeah. Leave a message, and people because I won't reply to messages. I won't look at messages. I barely reply to texts, um, but yeah, I don't, I'll answer the phones for like my close friends. Yeah, like guys that I know don't make a lot of phone calls. Right. Like yeah. Right. Burr, Rogan, Segura, Joey Diaz, like those guys. If they call, I answer the phone because mm -hmm. I know they don't call often, so it means something. Right. But for the most part, I don't know. Dude, this has been a blast. Thank so you much so fun, much man. for doing it. I'm so, I'm so, Congrats on the new show, thanks, and man. I'm telling you, I can't wait for people to hear this. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Awesome, man. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.